0: Welcome to Hydrate Level Four. I'm your host Peter. Today I have another special guest. Joining me is John from the Liquor Run Podcast. How you doing, John? Man, I'm doing
1: great this morning, man. Doing fantastic. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for coming on. Uh, for those that don't know, you and Devin, who uh, was a previous guest, are cousins. Right. And so you guys are both uh, from that show. Uh, now, for those that uh, missed out on the shows with, uh, or the episodes with Devin, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your podcast?
1: Um, well, it's a Liquor Run podcast, and that's a misnomer. It's one of those things where we were trying to find a name that no one had taken already. So I was like, yeah, let's let's just do this. And we picked that name. So we kind of make a play on it, but it's not the focus of the podcast at all. We do a lot of geek stuff. We do um, a little bit of movie reviews, but mainly we follow a lot of the pop culture TV shows that are out now, like The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones. We recently started covering um, the Daredevil series on Netflix, but we're going to we're trying to branch into other things. We want to start covering comic books and just general geek culture um in total and it's a cool spin on our podcast because the main three hosts devin myself and M, we're all cousins so it's it's a pretty cool podcast pretty cool concept
0: yeah it really is and and um you know i mentioned it before when devin was on you know i you guys definitely made your way into my um regular rotation so i i to every episode at least um, to the point where, like, if you guys are reviewing an episode of something I hadn't watched yet, obviously I don't listen to that yet. Right. So I, I think I am too behind. I haven't uh, listened to the Daredevil because I need to catch up, and um, the latest Game of Thrones. I know I didn't watch last week's, and tonight <laughs> is going to be the second second episode that I'm not going to catch. But you know, you you are a podcaster, and you know the struggle is real. Yes. Trying to find time to get uh, uh, viewings for all this stuff. Um, and obviously, you know I, I have the family too, so that's even more difficult. Right. But um, yeah, uh, what I have said before about the show—it's a definitely a, a comedic take on on reviewing. Uh, it, it, Devin <laughs> does a lot of the talking for the Game of Thrones and. Um, you know, his his spin on the review is uh is really comedic and, you know, I enjoy your guys's uh uh dynamic how you guys just have different um contrasting personalities and I I, I just think it's a fun listen and I encourage everyone to at least uh check out an episode to see if it's something for you because I I I can see um uh it, it was different for me for like a lot of the the language that is used which I don't get offended by but I can I can see somebody getting offended by the language obviously. right
1: right yeah it is an explicit okay. show so definitely be warned of that we're we're not filthy uh when it comes to the language but we're we're, we're not going to limit ourselves so i'm probably yeah. Devin is definitely very liberal with his terminology but you know he, he can speak like a regular human being but he he likes to to punch it up a little bit with with some colorful language so you'll find that on the show
0: he can turn it up to eleven, as people say. Yes,
1: and rip the knob off afterwards.
0: <laughs> yeah, see, he wouldn't get those references. I mean, I, I think he knows them, but he doesn't get them. Oh man, uh, yeah. Did you
1: just make me feel old? <laughs>
0: no, no, not at all. I mean, because like I, you and I, we, uh, you know, we get each other's references online, and I, I guess that's another thing I didn't mention. But we, we became friends on. The uh, Project Fandom's uh, group page, right. which, you know, me and Devin said, hey, get on that. Um, that's always fun, especially if you're, if you're into the, you know, quote-unquote geek culture. Um, that's where you let your geek flag fly, you know. Um, I've found many, many friends on on that group page, and uh you know obviously um you and i became friends that way as well so it's right. it's it's definitely a fun time uh everybody's always trying to be the first to break some kind of like geek related news so the uh, i i kind of stopped following like the um comicbook uh com is still one of the few things that i follow but like uh, total film and all these other stuff, I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna bother because I will get it in uh, the the uh, podcast. Phantom Crew is the name of the uh, the group page, so I get it all right there. It's 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 um it's always a fun time in there, definitely. But uh, uh today you're you're joining me and we're we're doing a uh, is this considered like a Stephen Seagal classic? It's, Can we say that?
1: I, I think you have to. I think it's one of those early films. I think you definitely have to call this one a classic.
0: Yeah, so we're we're doing the uh, the nineteen ninety Hard to Kill. Uh, yeah, it's, it's rated R. It's an uh, it's a crime action movie. Uh, this is directed by Bruce Malmuth and written by Stephen McKay, which I don't I don't know either of those names. Um, I pulled up some of their uh, re- previous works. Nothing I've really seen, um, but I think Bruce Malmuth has done uh, um, a movie with still versus Stallone. I, I forgot what the movie was already, but nothing really big. Um, No, no. And this, I don't know, I didn't look at the numbers, but I'd imagine this is the biggest thing either of them actually did, or um, involved with. Um, So the movie stars Steven uh, Seagal, Kelly LeBrock, and William Sadler are basically the the main ones, and to a certain extent, uh, Frederick Coffin. Um, Steven Seagal plays Mason Storm. Kelly LeBrock played Andy Stewart. William Sadler plays Senator Vernon Trent, and uh, Frederick Coffin plays uh, Lieutenant Kevin O'Malley. Um, so this is rated R for, you know, here's the parental guidance for uh, anybody that is considering letting their kids watch it. It's basically for violence and language, right? We We get like one sex scene that doesn't really reveal a whole lot well maybe two we get two
1: we get, right? we get the two the second one is a lot less revealing than the first one but there's no actual frontal nudity right. or anything
0: there's brief nudity uh kind of towards the end yeah the uh yeah. vernon yeah vernon trans right yeah, very right, brief right. um yeah it, it's pretty brief uh yeah it, it's it's definitely a, an r um if Phoenix were to watch this, he's about to turn 15. I, I think 15 might be
1: okay. Yeah, With this, it's the, the violence is more the more, the, the more graphic part of it. And I think if he's playing any of the shoot-em-up type video games at all, then this will probably be tame compared to some of the games kids are playing right now unfortunately, if you look yeah. it in that perspective.
0: Well, and, and let's be honest. I, I think we've all been desensitized to you know, The Walking Dead. And you know, The Walking Dead is probably more graphic and violent than than this movie. Oh, by far. Yeah. It, by far. Th- this one's just mostly, like, bone-breaking, you know, uh, some stabbings here and there. Um, but a, a few F-bombs, not a whole lot. I, I I didn't remember a lot of these lines. And I'm like, you know, Stephen Skull was kind of a badass. You know, and uh, I've always known that, but he wasn't, like, one of my like, favorite action heroes or anything like that.
1: Well, I was surprised watching this because this is one of those movies that started being run on basic cable yes. not long after it was out, and I was surprised at how much of the movie is still there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, they didn't have to edit so much of it that the movie feels dramatically different if you watched it on basic cable.
0: Yeah, it was probably one of those things that was on, like, USA a lot, you know? Yeah, I. <laughs> It's funny, like going back and watching this. I, I um, I wouldn't say I grew up watching this, but I feel like there was a phase where I watched this a lot, because going in Mm -hmm. there were very few scenes that I remember. But as the movie played, I'm like, okay, nothing is coming up where I'm like, yeah, I completely forgot about that. It refreshed my memory, and watching it all the way through, I was like, yeah, there's not one thing that I forgot. The only thing I did forget were, like, details from the movie mm-hmm. because this came out in 90. You know, I, I don't want you to date yourself because Devin always jokes that you're, you're an old man. But uh, <laughs> when this movie came out, I was seven years old. Okay, so I, you know, so I was probably not even 10 when I did
1: watch this. And um, Well, how old are you in fifth grade? What's the fifth grade age range? Uh, 11? Does that sound okay, right? okay, yeah, so I was about eleven when this came out, so yeah, yeah okay, I'll do it, yeah. that's fine,
0: yeah, yeah, so, and I felt like even seven eight nine ten 10, whatever age I was when I saw this, it um you know i i I think like the sensual stuff kind of went over my head, and I might have been at an age too where I kind of looked away anyway <laughs> um and and right. but also maybe maybe a, well no we own this i do remember that we did own this on vhs vhs um, yeah yeah <laughs> and remember you used to put that in the 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 recorder that's like shaped like a car <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh the rewinder yes, yeah the rewinder yes. yeah did It'll i see become- recorder he said recorder, yeah. Oh, yeah okay, my yeah. bad, my bad. You said car, I'm like, oh, no, he means the rewinder, yes, yes. Yeah. Be kind and rewind when you rent your VHS tapes, kids. Yeah, <laughs>
0: and that said it, uh, the Blockbuster had that on the back of their VHS tapes. I think. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. be kind and rewind. Because I worked, when I worked there, we still had VHS, and we used to have, like, a bunch of those uh, um, rewinders just lined up, and every time somebody checked in the movies, the first thing we do is, you know, oh, well, if it's not rewound,
1: throw it in. Um
0: that that's was not a, that's not fun that's a
1: that's a dead era oh man i missed yeah. that i missed that so much so when i worked at blockbuster um we were transitioning into dvds
0: and so that yeah, you know, we slowly started phasing out the tapes so i was at the um at blockbuster during that time so that was very interesting for me uh i i even worked at the movie theaters and this is a tangent obviously but (laughs) when I worked worked at the movie theaters because I guess I'm bringing this up because this kind of came up in one of um, Nina Perez's uh, uh, podcasts on uh, Geek and Review and they were talking about Star Wars and and, um, that kind of like spawned off this thread in her group page you know like, like what was the first big theatrical Star Wars movies you saw and a lot of people in the group page are actually young so Phantom Menace was like their first one
1: which is so unfortunate. Oh wow, that is so unfortunate. When did uh, Return of the Jedi come out? Well see, that's the thing, like people like my I'm mid thirties, so I'll just throw that out there. So people in my age, we kinda think that the Star Wars came out when we were kids, but all that stuff came out like when we were like five and under. So I think Return of the Jedi may have been like eighty five or eighty six at the latest. Most. Yeah, Yeah, I want to say 83,
0: if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, I want to say it's closer to that. Like, early 80s is when all Mm -hmm. that stuff happened. Early to maybe 84, 85 was the last one that came out.
0: Yeah, and uh, so I'm kind of in that same boat. So Phantom Menace was my first theatrical Star Wars movie. Um, And I was working at the theaters that time. Oh, my God, it was like the craziest thing I've ever seen. We'd have lines and lines and lines of people just waiting for, like, the next showings all the way up until the evening showings and they're just it was just crazy it was nuts it's the first time i've ever experienced that type of fandom um you know i think that kind of might have that might have been a pivotal point for me to kind of uh get into the you know the geek pop culture you know mm-hmm. uh, of that because uh, you know the people dressing up i'm like what is going on <laughs> you know I was 16 years old. You know, 50, uh, oh, yeah, wow. yeah, I was 16 when I was working at the movie theaters. Uh, cause I started working at 14 and I was like a food server at a retirement home. And once I turned mm-hmm. 16, I was like, oh, I can go to apply at the movie theaters. And little did I know, they were looking to hire an ass load of people for Star Wars. And, oh, wow. So
1: you had a great time in there. I, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I did. Because Star Wars, I, I want to say it
1: came out in April of '99. Does that sound right? Um, that sounds right because I know I was still in high school when they released, well, started releasing the originals with the CGI editions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that sounds about right.
0: I'm going to pull that up because I feel like the one email I'm going to get, uh, you know, since I've been doing this is going to be, you know, me getting the Star Wars date wrong. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. That's one thing you learn. You hear about it, but when you start actually doing podcasting or putting yourself out there with any kind of recordings, if you get a fact wrong, the internet is, is listening and the internet is watching. They will correct you if you get something incorrect. So
0: Okay, and bef- yeah. Be- yeah, before you guys hit that send button, uh, Return of the Jedi did come out in 83, and Phantom Menace wow. came out May 99. So, you know... Uh, and and still, my my birthday's in March, so um, so I I got I probably got hired in May is what I'm I mean in April is probably what I'm thinking of, uh, but um, yeah, so I I I'd like to thank you know Phantom Menace for getting me into into letting my geek flag fly, you know it, um, you gotta start somewhere. <laughs>
1: Right, right, and some money in your pocket as well.
0: Yeah. Oh my god, dude, the the days of working those, it it sucked cleaning up after a bunch of people, but it was just it was probably one of my one of my favorite jobs. You know, I I probably put it at number two behind working at Blockbuster because Blockbuster you get to learn, um, familiarize the people that come in often. You know, you get to meet the regulars, and mm. you know, it, this this is probably where my my love for like Podcasting, kind of, uh, what's the word where it, said it first started? It, I, I feel like there's a, a a really smart word for that.
1: No, where it blossomed, or
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- th- there's another word for that too. I almost said blossom, but uh, <laughs> man- manifested. Is that is that that, that works? Okay, that works. Okay, yeah. I think that's yeah. what I was thinking of. Uh, yeah. I think that's where yeah, and it, it, it kind of all started there, you know, talking to people sure. about movies. And where I worked, we had a uh, a shelf for employee um, um, recommendations, and I would oh, okay. I, I would find that a lot of times my my shelf I mean, we had rows, so my row wouldn't usually be out like like my movies and uh so i okay, i guess
1: so that, that that boosted you up then yeah. it did
0: so i i felt like i was you know recommending good movies and and um a lot of times my like uh other workers usually my manager who wasn't really savvy in a lot of the the more you know hits or whatever people would come in and be like um looking for this movie and they can't quite explain it and he'll be like go to peter and like one guy came to me and he's like oh well, this is this movie that came out like like a year ago, and it had like people in pods, and I was like The Matrix, and he's like, Yeah, I feel like that's that's right. And I'm thinking, How do you not know the title of The Matrix? But f- to be fair, I I had not seen Matrix at that time too, when when I knew. Oh wow! So just like the little bit of things. So that that's kind of like I well, um. What I feel like I, I, I bring sometimes to be able to start a conversation is I know a little enough to be able to kind of, you know what I mean, to mm-hmm. to just uh, talk a little bit about something. Um, and that just, I don't know, I, I guess that just comes from talking to people about movies, reading cover boxes as I put them away, that right. it was just a thing I did, you know, um. I served uh, a little time overseas, uh, you know, in the Army, and my wife would send me, and she only did this because I I had the one book, but I had one of those um, review books, you know, that uh, I I forgot who who wrote it, but it was like A Man and a Woman, and um, they had, like, all their movie reviews, you know, from A through Z, and it was, like, right almost the size of a bible and so every time they released a new one my i, I think it you happened only one time my wife sent me like two uh you know two versions of it while i was overseas and i would read that for fun and sure it, sure it, it, i mean it wouldn't sound fun to a lot of people but it's just it's just what i did you know i you know like johnny johnny five man you know i just wanted
1: that input. <laughs> Well, you, you bring up like a, that's the feeling I got watching this movie, because everything that you just mentioned is like, it's an era that I identify with that is just gone. You can't, you know, it, it it turned into the review system, maybe on Amazon, where you've got the guy, you know, five stars and you read the reviews, but you don't know those people. So how can you really trust their opinion? You right. used to be able to do that. You, you could build a relationship with the guy behind the counter or the woman behind the counter, and you could trust what they were saying, but I mean that's still a, another era because there was no smartphone in your hand to look stuff up. You had to trust someone's word or look it up later if you could. And watching this movie and you watch the technology that they were adding this movie, it puts you back in that vibe as well, even more so because some of this stuff is really dated in the film. So you you, you took me back and just like this film took me back. It was it was it's pretty awesome. Like you don't have that anymore. You had to have a guy who had the internet movie database was in his head right? when you would go into a blockbuster or or something like that. And yeah, I missed that. You don't get that. That's why I don't really trust reviews and ratings online too, too much because like, I don't know that guy, you know, but you know, I had my Peter at, you know, at, at my blockbuster where I would go to that I could trust his opinion. You don't have that now. Yeah. And I had a guy like that in every store. I had a guy like that in my music store. I had a guy uh, like yeah. that in, in in my Blockbuster. I had a guy like that in my comic book shop when when I was buying comics a lot. You just don't have that anymore. Yeah, you see
0: when when I was younger, I I never played sports. It is just not something that my my parents were It's not that they were not encouraging it. It's just they didn't grow up playing sports, so they didn't I guess they didn't care to tell me to get into sports, you know? Right. I, I don't right. know. Sure. It, it's probably a cultural thing. Um, at, at least for my generation, because I, I feel like later on, like my sisters, my younger sisters, they all played sports, and I'm thinking, how come I never got into it? Why did nobody ever push me towards that? Because <laughs> uh, I had, you know, I wish that I had played sports. So, like, with Phoenix, he's into parkour. You know, he does parkour three times a week. Uh, He played basketball up until, I think, eighth grade is when he finished. So this, this is his freshman year, so he he didn't play basketball. But I have seen that he's kind of... um uh he's po- pretty popular with the ladies uh that boy sure uh wow. and uh he's he's just popular in general like he he's always been a popular kid in school um for his 8th grade yearbook uh his middle school yearbook his last year uh in the back he was voted most likely to be president and I was actually pretty proud of that because oh wow those those oh, wow. were those were voted by the students you know that's it, awesome yeah so i'm 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 really proud of him it, it's just i you know if he can just maintain those grades which I'll go ahead and put this out now. He got the grades up, so he will be returning shortly, and we wanted to make it more of a, like uh, of a splash. But um, now our schedule is just not working out for uh, to to review. But but you know we've been talking about a movie which we want to kind of keep under wraps. But he was like, yeah, I I want to come back, and I I want a particular type of movie, and he wanted it to be something that I also grew up watching because because I was like, oh wait, now that you're coming back, we got some listener requests. You know, he's like, well, sure, uh, let's put those on hold because for my return i'd like to do a movie that i enjoy and that you grew up with so at least he's trying to kind of keep me on track too. so that's what i feel he brings is that he kind of grounds me because like i feel sometimes that i want to appease our listeners and he's like but we need to stick to what the show is about and i'm just like well, sure you're right you're right that's why you're my son <laughs> <laughs> so i i am definitely anticipating his return um you know so we can kind of go back to to what we're used to i, I just i hopefully we didn't lose any l- listeners that were like well it doesn't sound like phoenix is ever coming back and to be fair he had his t- tv taken away for 4 months so you know if your tv's not in your room mm. that you know that doesn't mean you can go watch a tv in another room you know what i mean your tv's taken away your tv's taken away so sure. he can't review movies obviously if he has no tv so That's, you know, that's a little bit more of what's been going on with Phoenix for those that have been wondering. And and that's why, you know, and and I feel that that was an opportunity for me to, you know, meet other uh, great um, podcasters and and, and make friends. And then that way, I feel that it it would be easier to bring a guest on when he's on, you know, rather than just introducing him to strangers. I can kind of fill him in. Oh, these are the type of podcasts they do if you're interested in checking them out prior to them coming on, whatever. You know, so um, I just uh, yeah, uh, excited for him to come on. So back to what you were just saying, and going back, let's go back to 1990, and I want to pull up mm. some some movies, and I did this with Devin as well. Um, okay, 1990 seemed to be the year for a lot of different sequels, and I'm gonna start from. Um, um, I'm gonna kind of go off of of uh, the the box office uh, gross um, that how they performed. I'm going to go back to... I don't know where to start. Uh, Exorcist 3 came in at number 48 for that year. Um, I've only seen the first one, and I've seen the first one not in one sitting. So I feel like I've seen the entire movie, just not in one sitting. Um, and it, that's I guess that's one thing people maybe not know about me, but I'm not big on the horror movies. I've I'm se- not either. I'm not either. So I've, I've seen some of them, and... Um, there's a reason I stay away from them, because I don't want to get scared.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No judgment from me. I I agree with you completely.
0: Yeah, and so recently I did a review uh, for for my other show, Original Remake, and I'll get into that at the end of uh, of this recording, but uh, we reviewed The Haunting. And the 1999 one actually came out when I was in the movie theaters, so I saw that when I worked there. And then for this review, we also reviewed the 1963 version, which I was like okay you know this is actually pretty good I'm watching it and then like the last half hours where all the scary stuff happened and I was legit scared I was uh, so paranoid and spooked uh, I was um like looking over my shoulder you know in the middle of the night uh and that that just kind of like goes back to well that's why I didn't watch a lot of scary movies growing up cuz I did not want to be scared and even as an adult some, some things still scare me um so, obviously, I didn't, I didn't care to check out its uh, its sequels. Uh, so, after Exorcist 3, you got Child's Play 2. Uh, oh, wow. Now, for whatever reason, Child's Play seemed like one of those movies that was on USA a lot. Like, USA Up All Night with Gilbert Gottfried. Sure. So, I feel like Child's Play is probably the one that I resonated with. Would, would that be the right word? Because, like, I don't have a favorite horror icon. But I feel mm-hmm. Child's Play is the one, the The franchise is the one that I saw a lot on TV. One, two, and three. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, I don't think I've seen one. I don't think I've seen three, which seems to be the really uh, popular one that people really like. I, I mm-hmm. own the entire collection on Blu-ray, you know, because it was like 25 bucks and you get all the movies. I'm like, okay, well, okay. why that's not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 25. Sure. That's... How many movies are there, like seven or eight or something like that? Twenty-five bucks? Come on. Yeah, some Blu-ray. Amount, yeah. So um, I do eventually want to go back and watch all of those. But I uh, I think of, of all the Nightmare on Elm Street, I've probably seen three, maybe four of them. Um, I just don't remember which ones uh, I've seen. Well, I do know I've seen A New Nightmare. And the Freddy vs. Jason stuff, I don't really count that as part of, you know, that. Um, Halloween, I think I've only seen the original. Uh, and then the remakes, which weren't very good. The first remake was okay. Uh, the Halloween 2 was, wasn't was very good. Um, let me see. And I've seen, hi saw H2O, you know, that, that was okay.
1: Um, I've not seen any of the Halloween films. Really?
0: Oh, I'm a little yeah, surprised, I, I, not I, even the original.
1: Not even, I've seen parts of it, but it was part of that whole, you know, horror thing. And I right. was I was never properly motivated to to watch all of it. But yeah, I've never seen any any of the Halloween films all the way through. Or maybe like 10 or 15 minutes here or there.
0: Yeah, and, and to be fair, I think the original Halloween, I saw like later in life too. So definitely not when I was younger. Um, yeah. um. Yeah, cause yeah, I was more of like Child's Play when I was growing up, and then as it got a little bit older, I was more into the scream stuff. So I guess I was sure. more into thrillers than the actual, you know, supernatural and slasher flicks and things like that.
1: Exactly, I I, I agree. I, I'm in the same boat. Yeah,
0: uh, Predator Two also came out that year. Uh, Rocky oh. Five. You you like Predator Two? Uh,
1: it that was not a. That movie didn't exist. Just just forget it. It, it was not a. It was, it was a good. It was not a good movie, but I enjoyed it. If that makes any sense. Do you do you think <laughs> the movie would have been better if Danny Glover dropped a um, "I'm too old for this shit" line? That was like his thing, you know. So I think he kind of should have, because that would have been the one situation where it actually would have worked. Because he was only in that one film, so that would have made sense. Yeah, I'm too old for an invisible alien hunter from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I need to retire now. Yeah, I'm retiring now. You can have this.
0: <laughs> um, Gremlins two
1: came out that year. Also, awesome.
0: Young Guns two. Hmm. I want to do the first Young Guns eventually. That's a good. Fantastic one. movie. Fantastic yeah. movie. Uh, Robocop two. That hmm. took a turn there, with the, with that sequel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now this is surprising. Goodfellas came out that year, but Hard to Kill made more money. Um, Goodfellas came in at twenty six. Hard to Kill came in at twenty five.
1: Yeah, I think, and that's I think that's kind of what catapulted his career because I think this movie had like a ten million dollar budget and it ended up making like forty six million. In the box office in the states or forty something million I want to say yeah you're very close yeah pretty much yeah so he 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 that kind of catapulted him I'm like oh we can he's profitable you know oh, so, right like, that, that's huge maybe
0: maybe uh the the actress kind of helped out so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later uh, yeah look, look who's talking to also came out that year uh, uh, Godfather three back to the future three and here's your top ten for 1990 uh kindergarten cop comes in at 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dick Tracy. uh, Wow. Die Hard 2, number 8. Okay. Total Recall, number 7. Hunt for Red October, number 6. Good film. Good film. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 5. That's really surprising, Uh, but it was a big hit. Uh, Pretty Woman, number 4, which I've still never seen in its entirety. Uh, Mm. Dances with Wolves, which I've still never seen. That's number 3. Uh care to guess what number 1 and 2 might be for
1: 1990? Ah, I'm going to get it wrong. I don't, I don't even want to try cuz you, you, you some, some hints.
0: Stuff. I'll give you some hints. One of them uh has a kid. I'll leave it at that. And then the Home other, Alone. One, yep, Home Alone was number 1, and number okay. 2 this movie uh is associated with a particular song from I want to say the 60s.
1: Um is it Dirty Dancing?
0: Uh no, uh, very close. And see, I was trying to like avoid. Uh, I mean, see that that uh, Dirty Dancing does
1: go with that, but it's Ghost. Um, was Ghost two that Okay, year? Yes. those nineteen ninety. It was a pretty rocking year for movies cause it was. that's pretty solid. It's a solid. Like like there. Are, I mean, no offense, but there are kids now that know these films that you just me- just mentioned cause oh, yeah. they're yeah. You know, that that's a pretty solid year for the film industry.
0: Yeah, kindergarten cop at number ten. That that kind of tells you just like that's 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 pre T two Arnold. That that still made a very profitable movie uh, with kids, you know.
1: Hey, Arnold was Arnold was drawing. He was a brand unto himself at that point.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right because he's already he already came out with like Terminator. Well, Total Recall came out the same year.
1: Um, but I mean, you're coming off of the first Terminator. Right. Uh, I think both Conan films. mm Hmm. Uh, red sonja th- which you know. red yeah yeah, red <laughs> Sonya, but um red heat he was in he already that was him yep. and, him in the Jim Belushi vehicle uh you're also looking at what, what's the other one i mean commando all of those type oh, films right. like yeah, yeah all of that stuff was still out there oh well i mean commando uh predator right predator predator, was predator was two's huge. already out so yeah yeah uh, so predator was out there yeah so kindergarten cop was we pan it a lot we talked trash about it a lot but that was all just based on his name that that film made money
0: yeah and, and it's kind of cool because that was filmed in uh, a story oregon too so shout out to, okay shout out to oregon um <laughs> now some of the songs i pulled up the songs and in this one uh I, I did a little bit differently I, I didn't pull it up by the months or anything like that uh the um, let me just throw out some some random songs uh tommy page do you rec- remember that name no, it was... Uh, he sang not, I'll Be Your Everything. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That, that song I know. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's actually one of my favorites. Uh, MC Hammer, Have You Seen Her? <laughs> <laughs> Blame It on the Rain, Millie Vanilli. Uh, Millie
1: Vanilli, oh man.
0: Ice Ice Baby, Vanilla Ice. Oh. Uh, Back to Life, Soul to Soul. Um, let's see, Janet Jackson, Rhythm Nation. These are all huh. 1990s. Man, these are some really good songs. The Humpty Dance came out that year. Wow. Janie's Got a Gun, Aerosmith. Uh. Did you hear that? Uh, Devin asked me, he was like, Aerosmith's a band, right? <laughs>
1: that's that's why I call him a filthy casual, because he, <laughs> he is. But you know what? Uh, you, you mentioned Milli Vanilli. It's yeah. unfortunate that they got caught in that lip syncing thing, because everyone does auto-tune nowadays. Right. That is such irony, you know, based upon people can't sing now. They just run it through a processor and they and they are able to get have a music career.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. That's 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 really funny. Um I wonder how they would fare now. You, you know, people are I like
1: give them money. I would give them money.
0: They they would actually just go into the lip- uh, lip sync battle show, you know, they they they'd probably oh, be they'd okay. Win. Yeah, they would. Um they better win. <laughs> they should. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, after making all that money. Um, New Kids on the Block, Step by Step, Pump Up the Jam, came out that oh, year. um, yes. Bill Biv DeVoe, they got two songs in the top 11. Number 11 is uh, Doomy. Um, and ooh, the of, other one is Blaze of Glory. Uh, and that makes sense because that was on the uh, Young Guns 2
1: soundtrack. Yes, that yeah. makes sense. That yes. makes a lot of sense. Yes.
0: Billy Idol, Cradle of Love, number 9 there. Oh, and Vogue, mm. Hold On, number 8.
1: Oh, man, in Vogue.
0: (laughs) I did not remember that being 1990. I thought it was later on.
1: That makes sense. I remember seeing them at concert, and they changed costumes on stage behind some um, paper uh, 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 screens. Uh Oh, man. Yeah, that was a... You got you got
0: to see like their silhouettes or something or
1: Yeah, you got to see their silhouettes and yeah for for a kid, yeah, I probably shouldn't have been seeing that, but yeah that that's a memory obviously that stayed with me. Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: you got Phil Collins with Another Day in Paradise. It's a good song. Um okay. Mar- Mariah Carey Vision of Love. Um oh. Madonna's Vogue came in at number five. Uh
1: Vogue Vogue so, was playing off the Dick Tracy soundtrack, wasn't it? Or she was kind of playing off something? Of because she had a lot of heavily involvement with that Dick Tracy soundtrack.
0: Well, yeah, she was definitely in the movie too. So that, yeah,
1: you're right. Maybe that, um,
0: um, eh, I don't know if that came, I'm not sure. I think,
1: it was, I think it was like in the same, some of her stuff that was on that Vogue album was on the Dick Tracy. Or she used a lot of that themes in some of her um, music videos, I want to mm, say.
0: Okay. Uh, Bill Biv DeVoe with Poison, number four. That's, that still holds up, man. That's still on the radio.
1: That's still on the radio, yeah. You you know that. People know that. Yeah, people, people still call know that. Slurs.
0: And I can't believe Nick Cannon like sampled that song. Do you, yeah. You, you don't know the remake,
1: do you? Do or uh, uh, no. I, okay. I, I've actually my my one main ex- I've seen Nick Cannon do comedy live in Vegas, and I was in the front row. I fell asleep during his set. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: probably- was.
1: and he didn't pick on me that's that's how much of a comedian he is
0: yeah or lack thereof yeah he's there you go I've never been a fan of him um right Sinead O'Connor nothing compares to you I don't I don't know the title but I feel like if I heard it I'd I'd know the song for sure
1: oh you would definitely yeah
0: um it must have been loved by Roxette and hold on Wilson Phillips was number one 1990. <laughs> I thought they came out a little bit later too, but that song, still, that song still holds up. I think
1: a lot of those songs you mentioned in that list, people are still playing. Like you will hear that on the radio from time to time, yeah. and not a classic radio either, like regular.
0: Okay, so that's that's a little uh, a little traveling back in time that we did there. Um, now, hard to kill. We'll go ahead and get into it now. If for those that haven't watched it, it's it's about. Um, Stephen Stephen plays a detective named Mason Storm who uh, comes across like um this this meeting on, on on a dock and he's recording it and I think I think he figures out that it's uh it involves politics and there's some corruption and so he's got this footage and basically the movie is about um they they try to kill his family um well they kind of do and and then it turns into like a revenge action movie, right? To to sure. you know avenge his family, and that's basically the gist of it. And so yeah, okay, so we'll, yeah, we'll just go ahead and go in. The movie starts off, uh, and it's 1983. Uh, so again, there's this meeting going on uh, at the pier, and um, Mason Storm. He's uh, he's videotaping, and now I I think this is what you were kind of talking about earlier on in the recording as far as like uh like the like the, the stuff that he was using he had a tape recorder like on his neck you know he was wearing it like like flavor Flavor wears a clock right i don't know did you catch oh, yes. that the
1: tape recorder yeah so he got. i, this- I did <laughs> yeah and that thing was huge you know there were four to six double d i mean um, d-sized batteries in that thing as well yeah, and the buttons
0: are huge, too. They look like keys on a piano. You know, there's yes. probably like four or five different buttons. He's got this uh, video camcorder with a boom mic. And he he sucks at handling that camcorder. Like, I, I don't know if you watch him, but he can't, like, it, it's not that his hands aren't steady. It's just like the way he handles it. Like, he, he will he'll be listening to what they're saying, and then he'll put the camera down to talk to himself out loud.
1: Which is crazy. And it's a shoulder it's a shoulder mounted um, camera system as well. So I'm like that's that shoulder is supposed to give you stability, but you're you're all over the place.
0: Well and, and he's not even putting it on his shoulder. He's holding it like you would now, you know, um as, exactly. as if there's no viewfinder. Um <laughs> and and I don't remember exactly what they're talking about, but uh, again, it's you know, it it's about politics and and uh this politician he says that he, uh, I, I think the police force has his backing, or I, I forget the actual dialogue, but he mentions, he says, you know, you can take that to the bank, and that's just a line that's going to be, you know, mentioned throughout. Um, uh, I, I just find it funny that, you know, we'll go ahead and say it now it, it's Vernon, uh, it's uh, Senator Vernon Trent, right? That says this line, and it ends yes. up being like his slogan for his campaign later on. Uh, sure, I just feel like. I don't know. I, I I just found it funny that it's something that he it's it's a thing that he says, but it ends up being his slogan too. I just feel like a slogan should be more something um gosh, see I don't, I don't know how to even put this into a question like I don't know. It, it's just the writing of the 90s. I I guess I don't want to pick at it too much, but I just for reviewing this, I was like so okay, certain people have have sayings. They they just you know it's just something they say. So this guy just says yeah, and you can take that to the bank. I just found it funny that it kind of it, it's also his campaign slogan for you know for his senate. I I don't know. Um,
1: I really don't know where I'm going with that. It's well, I found I found it kind of funny because you hear a lot of real news in this in this film because I guess they're trying to amplify the fact that you know there's a time shift and you know. So you hear a lot of George Bush, uh, George W. Bush's father, mm-hmm. and he's he's quoted a lot as saying no new taxes, no new taxes, no oh, right. new taxes. So that was kind of a good little comparison with the two. But yeah. yeah, he was on that dock setting up a hit on someone because he was in a campaign. He wanted to kill the guy who he was running against. okay. Okay
0: um see and and here's the thing like uh i i watched this online and i have mentioned before in other shows that i prefer to watch everything in with subtitles and and this is another reason why cuz like yeah mm. some of the dialogue i don't get and um my my whole household uh we 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 watch everything with subtitles or closed caption our tv shows closed caption our movies subtitles and everybody does that phoenix does that my wife does that and you know it's for example's like this like so i'm i'm you know I'm sitting on bed watching the movie on my laptop, t- taking notes at the same time, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm not catching much of this dialogue, you know. Um, so that's that's what I prefer. And I know some people, they're just like, well, how how do you watch something and read at the same time? Well, if you're reading it, there's not a whole lot going on on the screen, you know. I mean, th- there's things mm-hmm. that you'll miss, but, you know, I, I just feel like the dialogue is more important. Um, but I, I find it weird that, you know, I don't really care that, that Storm is talking to himself uh, out loud, you know, while he's filming. But he, for whatever reason, he's like, come on, hurry up, guys. You know, Oscars tonight. So is he a
1: movie <laughs> fan? You know, he's, he's really concerned about the Oscars. Yeah, he's overly concerned about the Oscars. You're, you're, you're supposed to be hiding while you're filming a, a, an illegal conversation. And you're concerned about the Oscars. I, I found that funny as well.
0: Okay, and I think this might be the uh misexecution of the director, but okay, so Storm gets caught. Well, n- not caught, but um he he does something and then like he makes a noise or something like that, right? And and mm-hmm. so one of the goons kind of walks over to to check on what that was. Um how are you not careful? You you know what I mean? Like I I just felt that um Storm's character was kind of a, a goof to like how how do you like you're, you're sitting still recording something? But then you go in like like did he
1: kick a can or a bottle or, like... well he came around whatever that that structure was he was hiding behind. I think he kicked a can or he dropped the camera or clinged it up against the wall or he did something that like you said he shouldn't have been caught. Yeah. So he kind of brought it on himself. It just a little sloppy and that
0: it just. I don't know. It, it just—it's the '90s again. Yeah, I shouldn't dwell right, on this sure. stuff too much. Um, sure, But but yeah, he he beats the uh, the, the one guy up that that um, you know comes to check up on him, and he gets a little footage of the face of the politician before he runs off. So um, he he got lucky there. Yeah, I just I just feel like why was that even written in? I don't know. I, I'm just trying to see like why why that was a thing because. 'Cause they didn't go after him or anything, you know what I mean? They're just like, Well, oh, one of our guys disappeared, what was that about? And
1: that was it. Um Well, that was my biggest thing is that he actually attacked the guy. Like you could have just ducked further back around the structure because when you knock the guy out, of course they're gonna wonder where their guy went.
0: Yeah, and he wasn't discreet at all when he did leave the premise. You know, he got in his car and sped off. So, um, you know, they know some somebody is is watching them or you know they may not know that he was they were being filmed but at least they know somebody was there so i just felt like for uh, detective storm here he was just kind of sloppy at everything, you know um <laughs> that fine whatever we'll move on uh <laughs> sure he sure. goes he goes to the liquor store uh to pick up some champagne wants to celebrate with his wife or something um did did he already make that call to the police station i i don't think so i I'm sure that's something I would have written down. No, I want to say that he hadn't even made the call yet. Okay. Okay. So he's picking up champagne for his wife and he finds like a stuffed monkey, uh, at the liquor store of all places. And so he's <laughs> going to get that for his son. <laughs> and so he goes to the, the cashier and, uh, I, I, I think they know each other, right? They, they have like a little exchange, a little back and forth. Cause at first I wasn't sure they knew each other, but it does sound like they, you know, they kind of go back a little bit. Um, and he asks the guy if he's going to watch the Oscars tonight and so that's the second time like the Oscars has come up so i i didn't go back to that year to see you know what was on maybe that would have been interesting but i did find that based on that dialogue that this probably puts the um the The time frame of April eleventh, nineteen eighty three, because that's when the Oscars aired that night. So that's oh, really, wow. that's really the only like piece of trivia I picked up for this movie. Uh, but that would have been interesting to see what was like running uh, in the running for like best pictures and stuff. I mean, we kind of mentioned like Return of the Jedi came out that year, but I, I'm not sure if it was nominated for anything. Um, and then like uh, some guys come and you know rob or attempt to rob the store, and we get to see like the first actual fight scene with steven seagal and uh i i kind of forgot like how his style was it, it's nothing flashy you know it's it's a you know a lot of bone breaking and 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 um you you, you did a little martial arts yes and yes that's yes. another reason why we actually did this one so how would you
1: describe his his style of fighting uh I don't remember exactly what I know he's 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 actually a trained martial artist and he's got an extensive amount of experience. It's kind of how he got into films, you know, doing stunt and and fight choreography. But his style's kind of similar to the particular brand of kenpo that I learned um as a kid. Uh, kenpo was like a generic term for for uh, striking and, and a quick style of martial arts where the focus isn't a lot on doing flashy things but to take down your opponent as quickly as possible so i kind of i want to say it's more of a kenpo type style because his style is all not about movement or anything it's about taking down the pon- opponent and ending that particular fight as quickly as possible so it will you know does a lot of maximum damage
0: yeah i you know? so it's a pretty good scene and then uh, one of the the, the bad guys you, you see him in like everything too playing like the same type of character I, I knew yeah. him best from uh, Short Circuit 2 you know playing one of the gangbangers in there
2: oh I know what you're thinking mine's bigger than yours right it's not fair throw it away alright come on come on how about if I show you what it's like to be a victim like this guy huh come on You're no no fucking dead, man, man. Ah. It's still not fair. That's right. Okay, how about this? I'll get down on my knees. Is this any better? Hmm? Come and get some.
0: Yeah, Um, so he's driving home. He's kind of listening back on the tape, and he recognizes the voice, but he can't figure it out. Um, And then we see him. He goes home. He hides uh, the video camera. Uh, He's greeted by his wife. Uh, he checks on his son, and um you know his son's still awake, and they say a little prayer before they they go to bed and oh God, you know like if you see this stuff on t v now you're like someone 's going to die they they are really <laughs> they're setting up this, this 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 family too well you know you're you're like oh his his wife is', is loving she 's greeting him you know you you see the thing with his son like he 's praying with his son before bed, you know that 's just that little nice touch actually that I kind of appreciated. And I was just like, God, I've kind of forgot what happens. So, uh, again, I remember all these scenes as as it happened, but the, it was just the details that, that I forgot.
1: Sure, sure, uh, sure.
0: So they're in the bedroom, um, you know, doing what they do, drinking a little champagne, having some mommy and daddy time. And they got Johnny Carson playing on the background because, you know, that's what
1: people do when they're, you know, having grown up time. Um, but that, that was also funny to me because if Carson was on, that means he missed the Oscars. Oh, right, because it's late at night now. It's late at night now. Yeah, Johnny usually ends at the night. That's so, right. Yeah. No DVR. So maybe he was watching
0: Johnny Carson to get the recap, to get you know Carson's <laughs> sure. spin on his uh, uh, on the winners. But I, I I guess I did miss the uh, the the phone call because I don't have it in my notes. But uh, earlier I, I on, wanna,
1: I want to say it's it's either after that fight with the um, folks in the because I, I I agree with you. I don't think it was um, before he went and got the champagne, which was odd to me. Okay. Because he hadn't actually completed, you know, delivering any evidence to anything, so he's celebrating that anyway. But whatever. Maybe he's just happy about the Oscars.
0: Yeah, that's that's probably it. But uh <laughs> what's important about this phone call is because he calls his um he calls his uh, uh his partner and it's like, you know, he he fills him in, you know, I I got this footage, this is what's going on. And then we also see like some of the other cops that that work there, um, they're like, Well uh Storm calls, right, and then one of the other cops picks up, and uh, he tells Storm's partner, he's like, hey, Storm, on line three, and so so they talk, and then you see, like, what, two or three other cops, they're eavesdropping on, like, one line, and I, I find it funny, even in the 90s, when you see somebody, like, pick up a phone to eavesdrop, like, you, the person that's already talking, you'll hear somebody pick up that phone um, yeah, you'll hear that click. You'll hear that click, and so that's that's what I find funny in film all the time is when they do that because like everyone knows that like you, you you can hear because I don't remember there being like a mute button right that that came way later on.
1: No, he had his hand over the receiver oh. when he was listening. Well, there you go; <laughs> that, that'll work. <laughs> um,
0: and, and of course, you know the phone's loud enough for like two, three guys to kind of to hear at the same time. Um, so that's important because now. In the house, the Storms' household, you see uh, a few masked men that are kind of creeping. Up. I think there's three of them. They're they're creeping up the stairs, and they got weapons, you know, rifles, and uh, so they go up the stairs and they they shoot them both, you know, um, while they're in bed, and mm-hmm. you know they 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 kill the wife, or at least we're you know we're led to believe that they're both dead. But you know, obviously, we know Steven Zal is going to live, and th- this this scene just kind of broke me because you know, I'm just like oh crap what what happened with the son I kind of forget and but I was pretty certain they're obviously not going to kill the son but he is woken up by the gunshots and he just you know he's half asleep he's walking down the uh, the hallway to his parents room and that just broke me man I'm just like I can't imagine being that kid w- walking into my parents room to see them dead you know and me being right. a father having phoenix this started, like, tugging at my heartstrings a little bit at certain parts in this movie, you know, with the whole father and son thing. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll kind of get into it a little bit later. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be a slight bit of a Debbie Downer a little bit later on. But it's, um, I think it's kind of worth sharing. But the, let me see, we, while this is going on, while the storms are being killed, we see the, um, storm's partner at his house and one of the guys says uh I, I don't know if he calls him by his name but he was like hey storm on nine three and shoot some you know so we know that it's one of the cops from the police station and so i don't know i, I guess the the cops killed this cop and maybe the other because uh, ha- it happened simultaneously so i was like is it a group of different guys i, I don't know um but that's not really the
1: point um and, and 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 storm does get one of them. He's able to kill one of the guys.
0: Yeah, and then he breaks um one of the guys' arm. Uh, well, does he break the hand? You know the the, the big. I, I think he's like Samoan or Hawaiian, that cop. Um, oh no, no no he doesn't
1: get him um at that I th- yeah no I think he does get him by the hand yes he does um, yeah because he does that later on. Uh, Branscom Richmond he's um a noted uh he, he's Native American actually. Oh, Native American. Oh, wow. Yeah, he, he yeah, totally yeah. looks like, like, okay. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> sure,
0: sure. Uh, that's me being a racist there because brown people look alike. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm Asian too, so, you know, I can, I can say that. Uh, yeah, the, the bad cops, they're, they're planting drugs. I think that's when the sun walks in and uh, yeah, they, they, t- the two guys, they attempt to shoot him, but uh, um, um, what's his name? Sonny? Sonny jumps out the window and Absolutely. so, so I was like, okay, that's right, that that happens, and and then like for the almost the entire film, I was like, what does happen? Because I I was like, he's got to come back. That that's that's the thread that they they have to tie, um, uh, a loose thread that they have to tie. Yeah. So I knew he was going to come back. I just don't remember how. And so I was like, I don't. I really didn't remember the the relationship between the father and son. So we um, we cut to the hospital, and uh, Senator. Uh, Trent he, he's there and he's talking about the the death of Mason Storm as if like they were really close right sure yes yes and then yes. Th- that made me think like well Mason Storm kept on saying I know that voice like if they're that close wouldn't he know you know what I mean um, but it could be a thing where like Senator Trent he's just like well Mason Storm I know I know he's this you know he uh he gets a lot of merits and and, and awards because he's just this um you know gung-ho detective you know he's the best of the best and that's what maybe this they just know each other in 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 that aspect you know maybe well, he that's... also
1: mentions that he used to be a a, a a district attorney
0: okay yeah i had that in my notes but i thought that i misheard something um so maybe they worked on cases together, but I just feel like, how do you not know? They like never
1: flesh it out, but I guess we're kind of supposed to assume because yeah. he's like this hotshot cop and he's a district attorney that they would know each other.
0: Yeah, and we meet uh, Lieutenant O'Malley, which is you know probably just somebody that worked with uh, with Storm, and um, you, you know doesn't he say that uh, Storm was like the most unstoppable sob
1: that he ever learned? Yeah, Or yeah, met I mean,
0: or knew. And now. Uh, yeah, and
1: he's internal affairs, which was kind of weird to me that a regular cop would be friends with a guy who's internal affairs. Hmm. is it interesting?
0: Uh, and we don't know exactly what Mason Storm was like, what division or department he was part of. No, either. we don't. Uh, but we do meet um, uh, Detective Goodhart. Uh, now, he's from Homicide, right?
1: Yes. This yes, is the bald yes, guy. Yes. Now, did you know yes. who that was? The actor? I who didn't. Played him? I did not recognize the actor.
0: I recognized him off the bat, but it's it's Hank from Breaking Bad.
1: See, I haven't seen Breaking Bad.
0: Okay, see, I I thought I remembered that, but I wasn't sure, but I was going to bring that yeah. up anyway because I I feel like you did mention that on one of your episodes. Um uh, but it's it's the brother-in-law from Breaking Bad and he is really skinny. <laughs> because uh Hank oh, Schrader, wow. yeah, Hank Schrader is uh is you know, he's not fat, but he's heavier now. Uh, you know, on Breaking Bad, or when it aired, and, um, Detective Goodhart is who he played. Like, I was like, man, he looks really familiar. And then I had to look it up. I was like, that is Dean Norris. And he was, uh, yeah, he was really skinny in this one. And then, um, uh, funny enough, he played a guy named Tony on Total Recall. He's the one, he was the alien with, like, his face was kind of half covered with the, uh, the big old scar on his face.
1: The cab driver?
0: Not the cab driver. He, um,
1: no, he was one of the ones in the resistance yes. when they get to Mars. Okay, okay. And you okay, can't that tell him sense. because
0: of like the prosthetics on his face and stuff like that. Sure, but but yeah, he, uh, both of these movies this, the same year. And if you go look up Dean Norris's like filmography, he's been in like tons of movies. He's just one of those guys that's like he's always been working and he's never had anything big until like Breaking Bad came along. But he does a really good job in this in this movie. I I I like his character.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, well, speaking or, of exactly. which, William. William Sadler, yes. the um the senator Vernon Trent, he was the Grim Reaper on the Bill and Ted uh, movies. Oh, was he?
2: Oh my yes, God. Yes, he was.
1: You know, see, I knew the name, and I I didn't
0: look that far back, but I know that he uh, um, played um Simon Stag in the Flash. That that's that's as far as I went back. And, and, yes, yes. And so I always knew his name, and I knew him to be like a character actor, but I never put that together that um that he was the grim reaper from Bill and Ted's uh, bogus journey and that was gr- and this kind of reminds me of a story that uh I once wrote into a podcast about uh, this movie about um I'm I'm forgetting the name uh something Stevens uh I'm going to have to look that up real quick cuz that's going to bother me because I mean, this is the the, the actor yeah. last name Stevens Fisher Stevens Fisher Stevens yes okay so uh Fisher Stevens, is that right? It is Fisher Stevens, right? So that yes, that, that was Ben from Short Circuit.
1: Yes, he, he was he he wore brown face to play the, the, the Indian okay. gentleman in, in, in short circuit, yes. I didn't
0: know he was white. I didn't know he was an American. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fisher... A lot of people did not know that. They thought that he was an, an Indian actor, but no, he was played by Caucasian actor Fisher Stevens.
0: Yeah, because um that's the first time I had seen him was on Short Circuit. But it's funny because Fisher Stevens as 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 himself in other movies, I recognize him too. I just thought there were two actors named Fisher Stevens, <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Like with William Sadler, like I've kind of known him as an actor, and then I I knew him in Bill and Ted, but I'd never put together those were the same people. So this is another example, like with the whole Fisher Stevens thing. That's freaking
1: hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah but-, but those on a, on a more m- modern thing from William Sadler, he was the president of the United States in Iron Man three. Right, and I, th- I want to say
0: he had an episode of Blacklist too, but I'm like super behind, and I don't know if I'll ever catch up. It's just one of those shows, like like Agents of Shield. I keep hearing like how awesome uh, season two is. I'm just like, well, I kind of already fell off, you know. And it's just no detriment to 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 that show. It's just because I watch so many other things. It's hard enough to get a, a viewing for like a movie, you know. Oh yeah, so, definitely, definitely. Um, so they have a little exchange here, uh, Goodhart and O'Malley, um, obviously, you know, cause one's homicide, the other's internal affairs and, you know, O'Malley is like, you, you know, um, cause, cause Goodhart mentions how, you know, he's basically saying that Storm was, was, um, was dirty, you know, because of the drugs and things like that. Obviously it was planted and O'Malley, sure. we, we get to see here that, that O'Malley sticks up for him. Is like, you know, I, I know that guy, he's. Uh, again, the most unstoppable son of a bitch I've ever known. He wouldn't do this. And then Goodheart's like, oh, well, not so unstoppable now, you know, because he's, he's dead. And then at this time, uh, they find out that, um, I guess, Mason Storm flatlined, you know, because it, it is now announced that, that both husband and wife are dead. Um, sure. And then everybody leaves. O'Malley's still there. And then out of nowhere, the doctor's like, we got a live cop here, you know. And, and so that all of a sudden, Mason Storm comes back from the dead. Um, kind of, (laughs) and then uh, and then O'Malley is like, you know, does anybody else know? The doctor says no, and he goes, "Good, okay, let's keep it that way." The deader he is, the safer he is, and I just feel like, okay, you know, it's just another one of those '90s writing, but like, if you were the doctor, do you pronounce him dead (laughs) just because of a cop told you to? You know, I mean, Uh,
1: you would you would not be able to pull that off now unless you had like a squad of Secret Service agents and. Yeah, you, you you couldn't pull that off. There's too much tracking and everything.
0: And it's just so funny because now let's jump to 1990, where the movie takes place. He is in a, he's not in a regular hospital, right? It's it's something that I think
1: they say. I think they say it's a coma ward. Okay. So just a ward for people in comas in okay. that particular hospital.
0: So that's kind of a weird place to hide him. But they put him under the guise as John Doe. And it's funny too because when I was younger I didn't know what John Doe meant. I just thought that they changed his name. <laughs> <laughs> so this this is the first instance where I learned what John Doe actually was. But even sure. even then I still I don't think I learned exactly what John Doe was until even after this movie. And then I think I did, you know, kind of go back and go But that's uh, Stephen McCall's name in uh, Hard to Kill. Sure. <laughs> um <laughs> So we see two nurses, one's played by Kelly LeBrock, did you catch her name at all during this, in this
1: entire movie? No, I do not. I know the, no, I don't think the other nurse even says her name in I, that scene with her.
0: I never learned her name, and I didn't know she was a nurse, so for my notes, I kept on calling her a doctor, <laughs> and her name's Andy Stewart, which I swear they've never mentioned.
1: The, he never says her name that I can recall.
0: Yeah, and they hook up too, which is funny, so I... Made. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> sure. And and they they may have said Andy at least once. Like I, I feel like you have to have mentioned her name, but I but like for the review, I don't remember it being being mentioned. So I did not know what her name was in this I entire think movie.
1: She says her name on a phone call, but I don't think anybody actually calls her by her name.
0: That could be it. So uh for the purpose of the review, we'll just refer to her as Andy. Um and she's talking to this other nurse. Did you catch uh what the uh, the coffee cup red that was um this other nurse was drinking out of? No, I didn't
1: even pay attention to it. What okay. would say?
0: So so she's a black nurse and on her coffee cup it says black by popular demand. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was the weirdest thing and I wrote that
1: down. Wow. And that's does that that's mean funny. anything
0: to you? Is that a reference
1: to uh, anything? That's not a reference that I get, and, and and he's asking me because I'm black. There's no... That's there's not no, why I'm asking you. I'm just, cause I'm, oh, I, yeah, it's not. Because like, I'm like, I'm black. I don't get it. I mean, like... I, I am not a racist. I'm to, no, no, no. <laughs> no I'm not no, even applying it. But I'm, I'm thinking to that era, like, there was a lot of black power stuff, and um, there was a lot of, like, the af- pro-Africa type stuff because apartheid was... Um, being fought heavily at this point. So I was trying to think, you know, when you said that, was there some kind of pop culture thing where I should know that catchphrase from that era? And I don't remember one. Okay. Other than it just sounding, sounding hilarious.
0: Yeah, no, I I was definitely, uh you know, you know, um giving you a hard time about that. But yeah, that's,
1: that's, <laughs> that's, that's the only
0: reason I asked was if there's any pop culture reference because you're, you're just a few years older. But yeah, it definitely wasn't because you're a black, but I just thought it was a really interesting coffee mug. I'm like, that. That's got to reference something, right? Because, cause like, the way it's, she I mean, she holds it, you know, she she doesn't have to be drinking a coffee cup. I mean, coffee. No, she at, doesn't. You know, because she did, and because of what was on the cup, I go, does that mean something?
1: And yeah, so you, just... you would not have that coffee cup in a workplace nowadays. You just wouldn't, because that's that's just like a live tripwire for someone to say something incorrectly, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
0: I want to see a scene where like Andy picks up that cup and drinks out of it by mistake. You know, I I would love that. (laughs) That would
1: be perfect. And then no one addresses it, but it's like blatantly obvious that she's drinking out of the cup. That would be awesome. And then the scene
0: will end (laughs) with her, like looking at somebody and saying, what, (laughs) you know, because that's just totally nineties. Exactly. Um, in the scene. So we find out that she's kind of been taking care of him. Um, and I guess he's making some kind of progress, right? It's been seven years, and recently he just kind of started turning his head. Um, yeah, and the nurse
1: me... refers to to Mason as her as i um, Andy's boyfriend. Yeah, it just, and so, so you know she's. Oh my god, it's just this is so weird. Um, so this, isn't it kind
0: of creepy? I found that whole thing creepy. Well, she she gives him a pet cat, which he can't take care of, and then you know she's <laughs> she's talking to him, which which. I get the whole talking to a coma patient, right? That's, you know, sure. I get that part. But then she like lifts up his sheet to look at his, you know, his junk and like comments on that, too. Talking yes. about, like you know, ho- hopefully you wake <laughs> up soon or something and gives him this look. Now, this is what I was reading uh, earlier. I, th- I don't think we were recording yet. That made me go like, oh, wow. Well, that totally makes sense. But Kelly LeBrock and Steven Seagal were married during this
1: movie. Yeah, this was the movie that they met and they and they got married. Yes, definitely. I didn't know definitely.
0: that. That that that's what I kind of um, I was just like, whoa, whoa, wow, you know. So, so underwhelming for you, because I guess you well, knew
1: that. Well, no, well, no, I can't really say completely underwhelming. I didn't know it at the time. I knew it because Kelly LeBrock was one on one of those reality shows, like maybe um Celebrity Fit Club or oh, okay. something, some such thing that I. Probably was watching, due to a, a, a woman I was dating. And I remember <laughs> sure. seeing it on, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, yeah, because Kelly LeBrock was in this film. She was the the woman in um, Weird Science. So, like, you know, she was, like, the hot woman in that era. So I remember at that time, and maybe it was 10 years ago, looking her up. So I knew, but I'm not, like, I didn't know it back then. I, I just knew. I didn't know they were together. I knew she was the woman from Weird Science, that was about it.
0: Good for him for getting with her, but I wanna address this now. I think she's terrible in this
1: movie. She's very one dimensional. She's pretty yes. bad. And and
0: I, yeah. I kinda um you know pointed out some uh some examples later on. But I just wanted to get that out now. I she was pretty bad um in this and I'm like, why did she why was she in here? Because she was in weird science? And then that's why I was just like, Oh wow, well that kinda makes sense because they were married. Uh, but yeah if they met on the set it, it that just kind of like you know if it wasn't that hopefully the director would have been like you know maybe this isn't working out with kelly lebrock and then we'll get somebody else that has you know some better acting chops i don't know
1: uh but ugh, oh, which man. is which is saying a lot because she seems wooden compared to steven seagal's acting
0: yeah i actually liked him in this uh in this uh movie was really good um, even, yeah, like, him, like, coming out
1: from the coma, like, I-, I bought all of that. Um... You bought it? I didn't buy it on the second time. I, when I re- when I watched it for the show, I didn't buy it. When I, when I, wa- I remember seeing this in, in the past, I bought it, but this time, I didn't buy it.
0: The, uh, waking, after waking up and
1: escaping? Yeah, I didn't. I, the escape, you know, actually, the escape was fine for me, but the whole waking up scene, I didn't buy it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it was a little dramatized, definitely.
0: Uh, um, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, so she, yeah, she looks at his junk and then goes back to her <laughs> desk. <laughs> that that was just the weirdest thing, and I don't remember that. And obviously, I think that flew over my head when I was just younger. Um, exactly. But his heart starts to beat faster, and then he starts to have you know, flashbacks, and, you know, we see, like, him and his family, and then, you know, some of the uh, flashbacks leading up to, you know, them being shot uh, in their home. And he kind of gained consciousness, um, and then maybe this is the part that you didn't really care his eyes were like you know flickering and his eyelids were flickering and then he was just kind of moving is is this the part that you didn't really care for the, the I, physical
1: stuff I like I I did like it yeah don't, don't, yeah I don't want anybody to make make the mistake <laughs> I enjoyed it I was just like oh goodness look at this this yeah. is this is cheesy so but I enjoyed it <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 so like you can't really oh <sighs> I don't want to judge it based upon the the era we're in now and the knowledge i have now so i enjoyed it but i was like oh goodness here yeah. we go yeah it's <laughs> it's
0: hard not to and then we've kind of already been doing it but um the, the the monitor it alarms uh andy and she before she goes to even check on him she just kind of like weighs it off as as it's some kind of like a like a malfunction like oh he can't possibly be waking up i'm like you you kidding me you've been watching this man for seven years and like if if that starts beeping, like, like you know, he's starting to gain consciousness, like, you should probably go check on him. I mean, she does, but she, she hesitates, and she only does so because I think he does kind of, um, uh, he does something where he, I don't know, he knocks something over, but it brings attention to himself. That's the only reason she goes over there. Sure, I'm just like, sure. you, you're just really bad at your job, and, you know, we'll kind of get into this a little bit more, why she might even <laughs> be a nurse, I don't know. Um, so she checks on him, uh, and then... And then uh, Andy, she calls Goodhart. You know, he's the one, um, Detective Goodhart. So she's looking for O'Malley, which is weird because if, let's assume that he's still in homicide, why, like, how did Goodhart end up answering this particular phone number? Because wherever Goodhart is working at, he shouldn't be knowing, right? Only O'Malley knows. So, and we said O'Malley was internal affairs earlier.
1: Yeah, he says right. he's internal affairs. So, so for him to.
0: Yeah, so somebody else should be answering the phone. But I, I, I get why it's all happening. But it's just, it's sure. Yeah, it's just plot holes. Um, and then she, you know, she, uh, she updates the status on John Doe, and then Goodhart kind of gets the idea of like what's going on now. Like it, it, that, that could have been executed better, you know, with, with the whole reveal. But you know, Agreed. Yeah, and. What did he say O'Malley was doing? Why was O'Malley not there? Is he still, is he not on the force? I kind of forget.
1: Uh, he, he, he says he's been transferred to another. He's, I think he just says he's not in this division anymore.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I and, think he says something. Yeah. You know. And that makes sense. I mean, it's been seven years. I'm not sure the police, they, they transfer and all these things too. Um, because we, I, I think O'Malley does kind of fill us in later on what actually happened. Um, mm-hmm. So, let me see here the uh we get this um this bad guy who is uh disguising as a doctor. he comes to the hospital he, he wasn't one of the cops from earlier was he that's that's the one thing I wasn't
1: clear on he was not one of the cops, but he was at mason storm's house. He was one of the masked guys at the oh, house oh
0: okay okay, so he was okay so he was there so that's one thing I wasn't really clear on, yeah. Oh, they had masks, you know. Come they on. had masks, so you just,
1: you, you just let it go. But you, exactly. you find out later, there was a little flash. Right, right, you're right, okay. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, because my question was cop with a question mark. Okay, so, uh, oh, no, 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 uh, there's a cop or a security guard. I want to say a security guard. Security guard, Okay. Security guard. Yeah, he gets a little suspicious because the nurse just kind of let the doctor walk in, you know, willy-nilly. I, I've never worked in a hospital, but don't you feel that most of the staff really
1: know each other? They know each other, and she handed out a lot of information without identifying who this man was. And I had to look it up before the show. This was 1990. Uh-huh. HIPAA didn't come out until 1996. Ooh, look at you! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, For those of you who don't know, HIPAA is basically um the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. It's what protects your private personal uh, health information from other people. So you people just can't walk up. Like this guy did, and ask where you are in a hospital. So yeah, this is definitely before HIPAA was enacted.
0: Yeah, see, and the security guard he figures it out. Like, and why did the nurse not know? I mean, she asked no questions
1: at all. She just saw a stethoscope and a coat.
0: Yeah, you said it earlier. It's a it's a it's a coma ward. It's it's not it's not like a freaking huge hospital right so yeah it's fine yeah it's
1: not like somebody just like in a recovery room where you can go hey i'm looking for my aunt so-and-so and and they'll tell you where she is no this is like a special place with people under special conditions i don't think you're just gonna just willy-nilly wander into the coma ward like you said
0: right and they they still do that you know on tv today you know like somebody just walking as a doctor and it works uh (laughs) right yeah, so he he finds the. You know what'd be so funny if we actually see like the. I mean, we see the exterior of the hospital, but it it looks like it might be only two floors, um, two sure. two different rooms. The one that Mason Storm is in, and then the rehab room. You know that that's all that it seems <laughs> to be, and so the doctor's walking around, looking you know for for Mason Storm, but it's kind of funny because, um, uh let me see, the, the doctor kills the, the security guard who, you know, does come question him. Hey, let me see your badge and stuff like that. Sure. And then, and then we see, like, Mason being wheeled off by the, um, uh, the physical therapist named Danny. And I, I think this guy's kind of funny, you know, for, for like, the, the little bit that we get of him. But he talks to Mason Storm as if he's been his, like, uh, physical therapist the entire time or something, you know. Exactly, or, or as exactly. as long as he's been on here. Like, like, they've already known each other. Like, how do you... What do you do for somebody that's in a coma?
1: Do you still massage them or what? I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, You kind of have to work them and everything. And I've seen a lot of physical therapists because I've had to help um, my mom okay. with a knee replacement. So I know I'm familiar with physical therapists. And I'm like, oh, wow, they've come a long way <laughs> since 1990.
0: <1990." laughs> was he wearing a fanny pack? I want to say he was. I don't know if you caught that. I,
1: I can't. I can't disag I can't disagree because I don't remember. But you're probably right. That would have been very '90s for him to have a, a, a yeah. fanny
0: pack. Yeah, he he looked like a like a. He, he was probably like in mid 20s, you know, m- m- mid to late 20s. But he was dressed like he came out of Saved by the Bell, and probably wearing a fanny pack. <laughs> but it's just it was a funny look
1: for him. <laughs> and I found it was hilarious looking at the table. Like the table was really creepy next to um, mason storm while he's getting this massage because there's nothing but huge jars of vaseline and <laughs> and baby oil and i'm like what <laughs> it, i like it too because like the guy's just like
0: giving um you know mason the, the massage and he's just like no stop it and he's like no no don't worry
1: about it man you know it's no big deal uh it's it, like yeah i'll get you a cheeseburger if you if you behave yourself and, and all this other kind of stuff and he's like no i'm gonna die we need to get out of here
0: How's it going brother how are you my name is danny i'm a physical therapist and i'm gonna give you a massage take you down the hall make you feel all
2: right okay get the fuck out
0: of here <laughs> yeah it's it's really funny it's one of those things like something serious is going on and then you got like the one person that's like not in the moment you know like eh, no worries it's, it's 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 see like this movie has like parts that are really good and some that are just like head scratchers um, yes yes see and then uh yeah the okay so now they're done getting a massage and then the uh, uh, danny he's wheeling mason on a gurney and uh the, the the doctor he calls for danny's help because you know he had to, he had just shot the security guard and so like sure. danny runs over he's like oh my god russ what happened and then uh I, another thing like well, it's a doctor, and you know, I'm sure in that moment you're not going to question who this doctor is. You're just going to run over there because the security guard's on the ground. But then sure. the uh, the doctor, the or the so so-called doctor, he kills Danny, and then like he looks up, and then like Mason has managed to like uh, wheel himself into the elevator <laughs> with a with a mop. I don't know where the mop came from. <laughs>
1: right where did that come from he just magically found a mop yeah that was
0: amazing i think the mop was like right by the elevator for whatever reason conveniently
1: by the elevator yes
0: (laughs) uh yeah so he gets himself into the um into the elevator and i've been in some hospitals i've delivered mail to uh to a hospital and most of those elevators close really slowly for the obvious reasons you got patients coming in that are probably injured you know whatever have you I don't know if you noticed, but this elevator closed pretty damn quick. <laughs> uh, Mason hit the button sure. and it just like just closed. Because I don't know how the elevators worked in the '90s, but if an elevator door is gonna close and you're on the outside, if you hit the button, it'll open back up
1: for you. You know, because... and it has those little bumper guards inside the door that if there's an obstruction, it'll open back up.
0: Okay, see, I don't remember, and that see that that would be interesting homework too to find out if that was a. Uh, you know, if they had that in the 90s, because now they have the sensors, you know, like you stick sure. your hand in, you know, immediately the door will open. But I, I was just like, oh, of course, this, this elevator is going to close really fast. <laughs> so I just, I just found that kind of funny. But I mean, I, I was having a good time. You you really got to check your, your brain at the door, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, let me see. And then we see. <laughs> okay, so my next note, I put Kelly LeBrock isn't a good actress. And I, I think this is... Um, <laughs> she was carrying like a bunch of supplies right and and she was carrying way too many supplies okay you're a nurse you know heavy lifting is not good for your back but that's fine because you're a great nurse um but she uh she somehow avoids being shot by the doctor i don't know m- maybe the this this doctor assassin he thinks that uh, shooting through the supplies won't kill her i don't know because that's what i would have done <laughs> if i wanted to kill this woman right but yeah, sure. So, um, so she she finds Russ and Danny laying on the ground, shot dead, and she has like almost no reaction. She she just kind of gasps, but there's no like, uh, you know, y- you know how like, uh, people tend to like put their hands to their heart, just kind of like, oh my god, you know, um, sure, sure, and, and, and some kind of squeal something, but it was just kind of like, like, oh my god, these two people I know, I n- I need to call nine one one or something. You, you know, it was just like. Underacting is what she was. She was not acting. She was just kind of like just going through the. Uh, yeah, she was just going through the through the, the dialogue. Motion. Oh, She's, yeah, she yeah. was going through the motions. She yes, was just going yeah. through the motion of this entire scene. I'm just like, you suck, and it was really making me <laughs> mad.
1: And people have had stronger reactions to spilled coffee than she did yes. to two dead bodies of people she knew,
0: or or spilled mm-hmm. wine on uh, uh, white couches. Do you get that sure, reference? Definitely. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, uh, she finds Mason in the elevator. And, and I like it, too, because the the elevator opens. And I, I think, for the most part, the audience isn't stupid to think that it's going to be the doctor, uh, the assassin doctor. But I think we all knew that it was probably going to be her, right? But I just think it's funny that when the elevator door opens, Mason has that mop still. And, um, you know, he he's about to hit whoever it is, right? And it's her. Sure. But like the way he was handling it, it was kind of like, it was, it, it looked like he was going to try to make the person flinch and not actually like scare them. He <laughs> was just, you know, <laughs> just kind of like poking at the air. I just thought it was really comical <laughs> the way that was happening. Sure. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. definitely. So, uh, she gets in the elevator with him. They, and they leave the hospital on her car. Uh, we cut to, uh, Senator Trent, uh, Vernon Trent, um, and he's giving a speech about ending violence in the state of California. Um, good luck with that. Mm. <laughs> uh, sure, um, definitely. And uh, we see Goodhart is there. the uh, The assassin doctor, he's there. Um, and yeah, they're uh, at a rally. And then after this, they kind to they kind of address the, the whole Mason situation that he you know has um you know, w- woken up from his coma. And this is the part that's unclear to me. Maybe you can answer, but the they didn't just find out now, right? It almost seems like they've kind of known, we don't know for how long, that maybe they, they knew that he, Mason is alive.
1: It it seems kind of, it, it seems almost as if they made like a backup plan just in case he was alive. Okay. Or something like that. Because it, it, they, they know how to, because they bring up a lot of tarnishing his name. Like he, he at, after that rally, he's like, make sure the media knows he's dirty, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, did you know he was a like you did you have a plan just in case the guy you thought was dead was alive? Like that, right. that just seems kinda weird. They,
0: they've had this contingency plan for seven years. You know, for seven years. Yeah.
1: For a ridiculous situation to occur, let me have this this plan.
0: And and this is just, you know, it, it's you know, it's definitely a product of its time because like now, you know, you you're gonna get uh Senator Trent to be like, I wanna see the body, right? Um, right you know right. Some, something like that and yeah i just felt you know and, and it is fun i'm still enjoying the movie but it's just like these little details it's like you know it just you know, and i just i just feel we, we've been uh spoiled you know with such great writing nowadays you, you know
1: oh definitely um, definitely
0: and that just kind of makes me go back to like uh, uh breaking bad real quick is there a reason that you have not watched the show yet
1: uh i'm being hipster part of it like too many people like it so it can't possibly be good was my first thing uh but a lot of people that I value their opinion have said it's a good film but the other thing about it is I'm kind of the meth thing kind of bothers me a little bit I um I, I worked uh in pharmacies for a number of years and I had to deal with a lot of uh meth um addicts and dealers and um, I've worked with law enforcement helping, um, gather evidence on people with, um, pseudo-ephedrine and everything. And I've seen like the dirty side of it. And I've kind of, almost I've been attacked by a myth head before at work. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of made me kind of weird about wanting to watch a show about meth. Cause like, I, I don't know if I'm just going to be like, Oh, that's not how it is. This is, this is boring. It sucks or whatever. But I don't know. It's a lot of stuff that's made me like, Sure. no, I could,
0: I you could, know I could yeah. definitely see that. Uh, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, but that's not. See, and I don't want to say that's not the focus because it, yeah, it's a, it's about a guy who makes meth, but it's, it's also about a guy who's trying, you know, all, all the bad stuff he has to go through, you know, in order to make this money for his family because he is dying of cancer. And it's, 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 I was in the same boat as you. It was like, well, too many people like it. I knew it was good because a lot of people liked it. I didn't think that like, you know, it can't be that good. You know what I mean? I was just like, I'm watching too many other things. And this is even like prior to podcasting. I was just like, sure. I, I watch way too many shows. I watch way too many movies. Um, and then, uh, and all my friends were on it. They were always talking about it. Uh, one friend got a Heisenberg t-shirt. So I knew like some of the little references and stuff but just uh my brother-in-law he uh he's a big fan of the show as well and um he bought i think he bought like season 1 and 2 on on you know DVD one day and and uh you know he was rewatching it and I was like you know let let me let, let me give a couple episodes you know because when you're starting out you want to if you Think If you're deciding whether or not to start a show, I, I feel like watching the first two, three episodes will give you an idea of whether sure. or not you want to stick with it. For, sure. For me, the first episode, the pilot got me. Really? Yeah. And then I was all like, well, I'm on board. And then I feel like the second episode was a little bit of a slow burn, but that's more story building. Sure. You, know, sure. Because
1: you, you start to understand that that has to occur when you're watching
0: Exactly, and it's an a m c show so you you only get thirteen episodes and I feel like that's why the writing is so good and breaking bad is because there's no there's no filler episodes, everything ties okay. in everything has a purpose, and you you cannot get
1: that from a lot of shows you know um I, I think I'm eventually going to watch it uh but you know. Like I missed that boat and I have so much other stuff on my plate to watch, you know, let alone trying to keep up with um, podcasts.
0: No, I yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And uh I, I feel like I, I think it would be so funny if you did check out like at least a pilot and if you're if you're like blown away be like, Man, I feel like we need to go back and do these now for the show. That that'd be kinda of funny. You know, to, to, to <laughs> the l- lick around picking up uh breaking bad. But um it's It's a great show uh if if anything um i I'd say try at least the pilot don't don't give two or three episodes, you know, uh get a sense from the pilot, sure, you know, and then then you can be like, okay, yeah, you know it's something that seems cool and and I can put it off, but if you get addicted from that pilot, God help you <laughs> because i was, <laughs> I was losing sleep man I, I i kid you not i will I'll be up all late. Watching an episode or two, you know, I'll I'll be like, oh, I'll watch two episodes That that's like watching a movie, you know, an hour and a half. And I'm going to sure. go to bed. I got work in the morning. And I'll, I'll watch like four episodes in one night. And then the next thing I know, it's like oh, wow. two, two, three in the morning. Because like, yeah, because <sighs> some of those episodes land on such a freaking. like You watch Game of Thrones. It's just like that. And I put Game of Thrones just slightly under uh, Breaking Bad and oh wow and and this and this this is where i feel breaking bad has the upper hand because it's an original show game of thrones is based on books so they have something to work off of
1: right so they can actually freeform it i yeah i'm i'm like you've said that i mean of course devin and m have been pushing me on it a couple other people who actually value their opinion based upon the relationships we've built i'm like i may give it a shot so I, i i do it Uh,
0: uh. (laughs) (laughs) All right, back to Hard to Kill. Let's see, where do we leave off? Um, uh, I I think we're done, right, with the whole Vernon Trent thing? Um, Yeah, yeah, we're we're done Okay, it's pretty short, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, So we we see a ranch, and apparently Andy has been house-sitting for a quote-unquote doctor friend uh, who's currently Mm. in China. See, so this kind of makes sense now that me finding today, only today, that she was a nurse because I thought she was... Uh, again, like the entire movie, I thought she was a doctor because I was thinking, well, if you're a doctor, you're really bad at your job. So, <laughs> so she's house sitting for a doctor friend, and while she's a nurse at this coma ward, she like checks out Storm's junk. It's it was really weird characterization of this person, this this nurse, uh, to even put her in this profession. Like she should have been like some random patient there. Maybe that would have been a little bit more interesting if she. Well, I mean, not a coma patient, obviously, but I don't know. Maybe an intern because <laughs> she's not professional at all. No, uh, she's not. Uh, so, let me see. Uh, we see uh, Mason. He's walking around the house, and the senator is on TV, and he says, take that to the bank. And I'm surprised that um, uh, uh, Mason didn't, you know, that that didn't click at that point because I've never been in a coma. I have no any knowledge or experience of of coma patients but do you th- okay i i can understand like memory loss or anything like that but do you think like the the seven years do you think that would be like seven years for him or do you think it'd be pretty like things would still be pretty fresh but slightly muddled
1: ah uh, see i'm and i won't say tainted but a childhood friend of mine went into a coma
2: mm-hmm. and
1: she ended up dying after about mm. five or six years so looking at this now, after having that experience, I'm calling shenanigans on, on everything about his coma situation. But um, they do say that while you're in a coma, that you that there is electrical activity, that sometimes people in, who are in comas are sometimes they're actually fully conscious
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and they know everything. They just can't, you know whatever damage or short-circuiting has been done to their brain, they can't move their bodies. Or sometimes they can, sometimes people describe it as kind of like a dream-type state. Um, But, yeah, having somebody, you know, in my personal life who's been through a coma like that, like he he should have been swollen and other things, but I won't get into all that. But You know, um, the memory thing, that's the part I don't have an issue with because it's so different. Mm-hmm. you know there there's classifications for what happens in it you know cuz there have been enough people coming out of comas that they can have data on it but how he's acting memory wise or you know kind of having a little gaps so he can't connect things directly i didn't have a problem with that part of it okay that seemed, that seemed plausible to me
0: okay th- th- yeah that's that's all i'm asking because cuz i wasn't sure uh, so that's that's a um that's good insight there uh, cause, cause, yeah, I, I was just like, how does he not remember that line? But I, I guess I've never really thought about the the mental state of people in comas, and so, uh, so I'm glad you brought that. That yeah, there's still uh, how did you word it? Like there's still electrical activity in the, yeah, it's in like the a dis-
1: I guess you call it a disconnect would be the biggest thing, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like um, when you, when you reboot your computer, you know. It's kind of like that kind of thing. You know, it takes a while. You know, like on older computers, when we reboot them, it take a long time for everything to come back up mm-hmm. and be accessible. I guess you kind of, that's like the biggest analogy I can put toward it.
0: Okay. Um, so he's just watching some TV, and I think he's like watching Geraldo. What does he, <laughs> what does he comment uh, about Geraldo? Because, like, we see Geraldo, and he's got, like, bandages on his face, and it was just kind of a weird scene. But he made a comment, and, you know, he, I was a little lazy to kind of look it up to see like if he would even know Geraldo from 83. I don't think so, right? Geraldo wasn't around yet. Um, I don't think
1: he he was like nationwide yet in, in 83.
0: Okay. And so did, did he just think Geraldo was some kind of character? Because I, I felt like there was a reason they were showing us him what, seeing Geraldo on TV. I,
1: I, I couldn't pick up what he said because okay. I ran it back a couple times. I couldn't pick up what, but the gist of it I got from was like, who the heck is this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, because you know, eighty three, they didn't have that kind of stuff. Like, Geraldo did like innovate with the fighting on, on a show and all that kind of stuff. So he probably was like, "Who the heck is this guy?" You know, something along that line is what I got out right. of it. Right?
0: Because when when was it when he had that big embarrassment on TV? Was it with the uh, the safe? Um, was it Al Al Capone safe or something like that? Or
1: something like I want to say it was like eighty five or eighty six <laughs> or. Okay, see, so he
0: wouldn't have known about about that whole thing. No, no,
1: Hmm. no, no. It was all in that time when he was in a coma that Geraldo started having all that stuff happen to him.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, And then uh, he tells Andy that uh, uh, he wants to get some herbs and needles. So... um, Oh, yeah, they, they talk a little bit about the beard, too. She's the one that's been trimming his beard. Because it's funny, like, when we first saw him, um, like, in in the coma, I I, didn't, I forgot to mention this earlier, but uh, I, I I was like, why does he only have a goatee? <laughs> exactly, me too. <laughs> so but we do find that here, that she's been trimming the, the beard for him, so I guess she likes the beard. But it's funny because he, he goes in and shaves it off, you know, <laughs> and he looks like Steven Seagal of old. Um she brings him some paper clippings uh, of um, the newspaper clippings, basically, of his family being being murdered. And I didn't get this at first, but do you think that the reason he got this was to post it up around the house for motivation? Was that what that was? Because it was like a constant reminder. And I feel like that's not something you want to constantly remind yourself of. You know, it's
1: I, I agree with you on that. I don't know that she may have thought he wanted just to know Okay. Exactly what happened. I don't think she brought it, you know, for him to make, you know, motivational posters out of his family's murder news. I mean, cuz that's yeah, that, that seems like the opposite of what you want to do. I mean, not that you want to forget, but do you want to constantly be reminded that your family has been murdered? I don't but, I
0: don't really know. But I feel that's kind of what he does though because like in a in a few oh, yeah. scenes, yeah, it's just hanging up on the wall and um you know, this is jumping a little uh, a little ahead a, a little bit, but he there, there's one part where, yeah, he, he looks at it, and then he decides to go to the grave, you know. Um, and now this retirement home scene, I was I didn't quite get what was going on. Uh, we don't find out who this woman that Andy visits yet at first. But does she go there looking uh, for O'Malley, that, that this might be somebody who knows where O'Malley is? Is that why she went over there?
1: I think so, but it's really muddy yeah. about why she's there i agree with you she goes there i mean obviously she's kind of disguising herself because she's got this big sun hat on these huge you know mm-hmm. late 80s type sunglasses on which have come back right because yeah face. it's,
0: it's going to be a reveal and I, I just felt like yeah the the scene it, it was a little a little confusing um and then uh, uh andy she comes let me see it I don't know if it's at night yet, but she comes back home wearing, like, a sle- sleazy dress, and they, and they go at it. Um, <laughs> and so this is the problem I had. I, I, again, like, during this watch, I thought she was a doctor. I go, this is how unprofessional you are because of the whole doctor-patient relationship thing, uh, which is right. obviously out the window now. Uh, you know, it, it was just me, you know, um, trying to think of, like, real-world terms. But but my question is, do you think it was too soon for him because yeah it's been seven years and we we just talked about the whole like his you know he was in though he was in a coma his mind perhaps kind of been conscious but like your 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 wife you know was just murdered you know um to you like visually like just not too long ago and um i'm glad they kind of addressed it a little bit later on because he does like look at his ring afterwards but do you think it was too soon
1: Oh, it was definitely too soon because, I mean, they never show up. I mean, we get this huge training montage and he's doing the acupuncture and all that stuff. So we don't know how long he's at this place. But even if he was there for 90 days, that still seems really weird that, you know, your wife was murdered. All you're doing is thinking about training to get revenge and you have sex with this woman.
0: Right. I mean, yes, your wife is dead. But then what does... I don't want to question, like, what does that say about you as a person? Because, like, you're supposed to be this loving husband and, and, and father. And, and then, like, yeah, your family's murdered. And then, like, yeah, you just sleep with this woman. I don't know. Like, it, it was too easy for him. You know what I mean? like
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Because, okay. I mean, like, it's, it's been seven years for her. But it's been, like, a week or two for him. so Yeah, it,
0: it just bothered me. Because I was just, like like uh i get i, I agree I, yeah. I agree i get you're supposed to do this in the in the 90s van damme does it in all his movies but it's like but but they made you a family man you know and i don't know yeah it it, it just rubbed me the wrong way
1: um and it, it kind of made me feel bad for her because he, he even if he felt like hey i'm going to have sex to release something like he he can't possibly have any deep emotional connection with her right right absolutely
0: yeah it's it's completely different seven years treating this man wow uh
1: cause, seven you, years staring at his junk like yeah.
0: she's she, she's been wanting she's, that d she, <laughs>
1: yeah she's she's kind of weird she is this, this is a weird woman this and, is a weird woman
0: and that's why i said that like maybe she should have been like an intern or like a patient of some sort you know like uh th- th- what this shit had been was like not a word for coma patients but something kind of like not a mental asylum, but, but like, you know how in um, uh, the, the One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, how you got a, like, a variety of different types of characters, but, like, a mm-hmm. ward of, like, special <clears throat> patients, you know, and maybe... Agreed. Yeah. yeah.
1: and And maybe he had some type of partial amnesia or something like that, so maybe he was in a coma for a year, and then he got transferred there when he woke up and couldn't remember who he was, and... Yeah, that would have been a little bit of interaction between those two.
0: And I just felt like, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's Kelly LeBrock, man. She's just, she's not bringing it. it <laughs> I, I wonder if a different actress could have made this better. Um, and I and I do this with, with like a lot of my reviews where I'm like, mm, let's recast, you know, such and such. But Kelly Brock, I uh unfortunately i only know her from the two movies unless there's just one i can't think of right now but uh weird science she's fine in there cuz she was doing what she's supposed to do but this one is like you're this this isn't working for me you know and um you know uh boo hoo on the director for not catching this stuff you know it's just like oh it's husband and wife they're going to have great chemistry um
1: but not i mean the storytelling it's um uh, i don't know yeah you- you roll with it, but yeah, I don't know who else you trick into doing this movie back then. Nineteen ninety. Um, who do you trick that would be like? I'm better. I'm too good for this. The
0: the first person that popped in my head, but I I feel like only because I went through that list earlier. But like, what about? I mean, Demi Moore. She would have been young, and you know how much more grounded she could have been as this character. Um,
1: uh. But she was filming Ghost at the time.
0: You, you're right. Uh, but what do you think of like? demi moore in that in that role what if she was more kind of like molly from ghost like you know just kind of quiet and mousy and i I feel like
1: i think she would have worked some people might say oh she was too big of an actress demi moore is not really that skilled of an actress to me i mean she's not terrible but she's not blowing my socks off with anything i mean like name something outside of ghost where she was phenomenal
0: uh strip so you can't te- do striptease, right wasn't that nominated for something <laughs>
1: <laughs> um yeah. yeah so you can't do it you can't I, yeah. do it you can't do it yeah don't hurt yourself you can't do it molly you can't do it girl
0: <laughs> 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 i love that line man i love that line
1: oh that movie is so terrible but what hilarious over, like
0: I-, I tell her my own way Molly, you in danger girl and that's like that's exactly what he just said <laughs> like right
1: a, right
2: yeah, different movies
0: different movie. you have to whoopee it up okay <laughs> yeah exactly uh oh, yeah, you know,
1: yeah, this is an odd character an odd woman especially in comparison with today like this doesn't make any sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Her, her her character
0: you know it it, it could have been it could have been danny the physical therapist you know it didn't have to be a love interest um I get I, I get that's just what they did back then but like I think that could have been cooler what if it was like a buddy uh type movie you know not, not a buddy cop movie cuz Danny wouldn't have been a cop but he is this physical therapist that kind of has been taking care of him in the last few years and now he's kind of like thrown into this you know web of like political uh corruption you know that that you know he kind of becomes a psychic that, that would have been a little bit more interesting you so know, I think we're,
1: we're we're pitching the Heart to Kill reboot, then.
0: Yes, uh, I do. I do that often, um, and that that kind of reminds me, like almost like a knockoff with a Van Damme and Rob Schneider, kind of like that. There was kind of a love interest, but not really. Like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Hopefully, someone's listening and they they do that. Like, look, okay. Well, if you have a remake, just you know, you're not going to have Kelly LeBrock, obviously, but just somebody not
1: wooden. Um, we just want a taste. We just want a little taste <laughs> off the movie movie proceeds. That's all we want. Yeah, you know, just a little kickback. Yeah. Little kickback. Yeah, yeah, ten percent. Yeah, ten. You know, I'll just take two out of that from, from Peter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be happy just... to give five. Yeah, that's fine too.
0: Well, I guess it depends who backs that movie. <laughs> 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 let's get let's get let's get some of that Marvel money. Let's get Marvel to make a remake. Make him a superhero. You know, huh. um, like huh. a uh, what what if we did like a Hawkeye hard to kill? You know, like that,
1: or or a Punisher hard to kill?
0: No, I like that Punisher hard to kill. So that'd be like a an official part three, a remake of Hard to Kill. I like right, that. I right. like that. We get proceeds oh. from Marvel, yeah, because Punisher. Punisher, that's Bring Marvel.
1: back into the fold. Yeah, we. I just want to wet my beak. That's a Godfather <laughs> reference. Yes. <laughs>
0: um. Let's see. We uh, Mason gets back to the ranch uh, to find O'Malley
1: waiting for him. Um, how did O'Malley find you? <laughs> yeah, we don't know that until they magically put the pieces together later. But yeah, he Kelly LeBrock's like apparently she left the number and he right right used a non-internet method of tracking him down. Like that was amazing. Uh, what I found a little funny was, like,
0: how Stephen Seagal played it. He was just kind of like, you know, he was all casual, and then he saw O'Malley, and he was just, it was kind of like one of those reactions, like, oh, buddy, I haven't seen you for a while, but it should have been more like, like, well, hey, well, I guess he, I guess he was expecting him, you know, at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, right, all right, right, so I won't right. go into that, but I, I just thought he was too, too, uh, uh too cool, calm, and collected, you know, it's just, um, but that's
1: fine, uh, What's the '90s? It's, it's like it's barely the '90s at this point. So men can't be emotional on screen. This is true. Yeah, men still can't that macho yet. era type, hardcore type dude type thing. So yeah, you can't have dudes crying. Like if that happened today, like the two dudes would like start crying and hug each other. <laughs> <Right. laughs> they still go and blow stuff up, but they'd have an emotional. Oh, bro, man, I haven't seen you. Thank you. Oh, wow. Just don't do that in the in in our remake. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Punisher Punisher remake, no, we're not um no emotion, just just bullets and and blood. Yes. Um <laughs> uh, in this
0: uh scene, we also get some exposition on Sonny, kind of what he's uh, what's been happening. So that night of uh the murder, um uh, Sonny did escape, you know, which we did see and um he I guess made it over to O'Malley's house. uh, you know, cuz a 5-year-old will know exactly where to go. Um And then since then, uh, Sonny's been going under, I think, O'Malley's mom's maiden name. And he's been going to school elsewhere and, you know, just being safe. And, 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 you know, obviously everyone thinks that Sonny's dead also. Um, Sure, sure. But but it just seems like, you know, with, uh, you know, Senator Trent and all these other guys, their contingency plan for, you know, if if, um, Storm returns, I don't think they were ever really convinced that the son was dead, too. And it's just one of those things. Like I want to see the body, you know, that, that, that kind sure. of thing. That would just, uh, anyway. Um.
1: <laughs> well, I do remember watching this through the play, through the um, for recapping for the show. Yeah, when he when Steven Seagal is talking to to kid Sonny, um, he does mention you know Uncle what's his what's his first name uh, O'Malley's first name Kevin I think yeah Kevin. I think he mentioned yeah, I think he mentions Uncle Kevin okay. Um, As a kid. So when I was watching that through, yeah, I agree with everything you said about the senator and the contingency plan and all that. But, you know, the kid making it to Uncle Kevin's house, like, I didn't have an issue with that one.
0: Actually, and now that you mentioned it, um, and that, that's the thing, I feel that there's a purpose that they do this in, in script writing. But calling a, and usually they do this with, well, they do this with a lot of people, but I, I notice it more in like uh, cop movies and things of that nature like the best friend is always uncle something, uncle Kevin. Right. To to, to highlight
1: that yes. connection and relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Accentuate the relationship that this is who you can trust. So, okay. So I could buy that now. Um, sure. Sure. And that's what I like about podcasting. When you're talking to somebody else, like, okay, yeah, that, that, that makes it better, you know, and now I don't really have, you know,
1: that slight issue. Yeah. Cause uh, we all pick up on that one little angle differently. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, um, they, let me see. I think, yeah. So,
0: Mason tells him, "Okay, this is what we're gonna do. You go get Sunny. Take him out of school. We're gonna go meet here." And then, is isn't this where he, uh, kind of re? Oh, right. Because o- Oma- Kevin O'Malley, says, um, you know, that he was replaying that tape. I, I missed that. That. Um. So they're talking about how. Um, there was this cassette tape in Mason Storm's vest uh, at the hospital, and sure. O'Malley found it, kept it for himself. We find out in this uh, conversation that they have is that O'Malley had to turn it into evidence, but he made a duplicate. And he kept on replaying this over and over, just trying to find out if there was something, uh, some line, whatever, that will kind of trigger anything to help him f- you know, get a clue. And then this is when we see uh, Storm, you know, he's walking around the house and he's just thinking about what Kevin just said. And then he thinks back to the footage himself. And then and then also just watching uh, Senator Trent on the news saying you can take that to the bank.
2: Money now and a lot more when I get in that office. You take that to the bank. I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trent,
0: to the blood bank. And that's when it all comes together, which, you know, I'm like, OK, well, that's that's fine. It was still a little sloppy. But, you know, this is when we he figures it out that it is Senator Trent. But this whole time, yeah, he just knows people were after him. He just didn't know
1: who was really behind it. Which I think was kind of a fumble on 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 the writers part, because they we could have kept the same story, the same motivation if, you know, O'Malley knew that it was Senator Trent the whole time. You know, mm-hmm. because he would have known that there was no way he didn't have the video. He didn't have enough of the evidence to take in. All he had was this audio recording. But he's seen TV. He hasn't been in a coma for seven years. This guy has gone from a, a alderman or whatever he was, like a council member, from at the beginning of the movie to a senator. He's heard that guy do a commercial and say, "You can take that to the bank." Right. If you've listened to this tape from your murdered, well, your injured friend, you've got his son you know that's the guy it wouldn't have changed anything about what happens after this right and maybe it would have explained you know hey that's why i was so cautious i knew it was him i knew he was connected that's how i got kicked off the force blah 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 it would have played up the revenge on his end mm-hmm. and given more fuel to steven seagal being justified and hey yeah i do need to go after that guy
0: right no you're absolutely right um and we we also learned that uh, yeah there there had been things going on with him in the force too because didn't uh, his mom get like run off the road or something because he was still yes. yeah he was still investigating and people were like telling him that he needs to stop um, sure and you know what and I feel like maybe see and they could have written this a little bit better since he was still investigating everything um, like well if 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 Mason Storm was indeed declared dead would that close the case would there still be an ongoing case I, um
1: it would have it wouldn't have closed the, okay. it would have closed the case on his corruption um yeah probably could have closed the case on the corruption but i mean as far as like tracing you know who was he getting drugs to or from okay you know that kind of thing that would have been still you know maybe not a priority, but that would have been an open part of an investigation.
0: Okay. Cause I, I, I was going to say, yeah, th- that's okay. Cause I was thinking if he was still investigating, that might've like, um, kind of like been a red flag for, for the bad guys they are like, well, he's investigating. So maybe Mason's still alive. We just don't know where, you know, something like that. Sure. So Yeah. So, so something could have been written there that I think could have, uh, kind of made that a little bit better. Um, so sure. this, the, uh, the I, I guess we see a quick scene of um, Andy going to go visit her mom. Was there a reason why? I think maybe she just wanted to kind of let her mom know that they were okay. I guess. Yeah, she
1: she seemed to be having some kind of emotional breakdown, and she just felt like she needed to go talk to someone.
0: Yeah, there there was some point in the movie too, and I didn't write this down, but it made me roll my eyes. But I think she made a a comment about like her her mental state or whatever it was and it, it made it sound the 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 line that as it was written it made it sound like it was about herself like you know how are you this affected when you know it's Mason Storm that should be affected not you but it was just it was really weird like, maybe this she, woman is creepy this woman is a
1: stalker yeah we would call her a stalker nowadays or, 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 or something along that line
0: I think she's worse than that because she yeah well, I mean, she, yeah because she's
1: interacting directly with the person yeah, yeah mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm it kind of it kind of reminds you of that like that scene with um uh Uma Thurman in Kill Bill 1 okay. where she's been in a coma and she's been getting, you know, uh, uh, sexually assaulted the entire time oh. that she was in a coma. Yeah, yeah. You know, not comparing the two in terms of severity, but in terms of the situation where someone had someone taking advantage of them while they were in a coma cuz she's been looking at this dude's junk. That wasn't the first time. Right. <laughs> you know, so Well, we yeah. don't we
0: don't know what she's done, so um we have, we have no clue. <laughs> Uh, Andy comes comes back to the ranch and she tells him that her mom is dead. And I, I, maybe this is the point where I, I was just like, um, well, she's not really making it about herself because that's it's a sad thing. You know, she found out her mom's dead uh, from a neighbor who apparently recognized her from being on TV. So I guess she's been No, it on the wasn't news.
1: the mom. That was the other nurse. Oh, was it? Yes, that was a black nurse from the um from the coma ward oh, that she was going to see.
0: I thought she was going to go visit her mom. What, what's what did she have a name? That nurse,
1: uh, did, did Marguerite I... or she, Henrietta? She has some kind of like old school name. Oh, um, okay, that I can't remember. Yeah, but she was going to see. She was going to see that nurse. Oh, she man. was going to see the nurse, Dude, yeah. that's a
0: little racist then, because cause I was because I don't... Henrietta,
1: yeah, Henrietta was her name, yes.
0: I don't know why, but I thought she was going to go visit her mom, and, uh, okay, see, okay, well, this makes a lot of sense then, um... It might have been like I was taking notes, you know, and misheard something or just missed it, but <laughs> but I did wonder because again I thought this was the mom. I was like, why did her mom live in such like a ghetto apartment building? Because
1: you got yeah, they did make it seem kind of like real hood type, you know. There's like yeah, it, it was kind of a rough area.
0: Yeah, and like the neighbor was like all ratchet, you know, and so
1: Carlos character actor Carlos Gomez. Okay, what's what's he from? Uh, Um, if you, uh, he was, if you remember the movie Desperado? Yes. He was the number two guy. He was the guy that, um. I don't remember. He's been in the Glades most recently as has been his most prominent role, but he's been a character actor in a lot of different films, but I recognized him from, um, Desperado. It's one of my favorite films.
0: Yeah. I I like that movie, but I don't, I don't remember him from it. Um, you'll see him next time you watch it. Yes. Carlos
1: Gomez is the actor's name.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, I I just found so, so knowing that this is that black nurse makes it almost a little, (laughs) a little racist, you know, like she's a nurse. Why, why is she living in a, you know, why could not it be a nice neighborhood? You know, she, she doesn't make that good of money working at some special coma, uh, ward. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Kelly
1: (laughs) LeBrock has a Fox body Mustang convertible. So she's doing all right. So she probably, well,
0: she, she's got that doctor friend that she's house sitting for house so, sitting
1: for a doctor friend exactly huh? so can see? you hear the air quotes people can you hear the air quotes we're making <laughs> exactly
0: i mean the, the, the these are the same quotes as niece from um game of thrones if you guys yes. get that reference <laughs> yes yes um <laughs> so let me see so mason uh wait hold on i i think i missed uh some of the notes here um oh yeah but so so she says that Henrietta's dead, and then he tells her that his son is alive, and she doesn't seem as excited as she should be for this news <laughs> because he's you know his fa- he thought his family was dead this whole time, and he just found out that his son is still alive, so um but yeah it, it's kind of mixed with the whole it's bittersweet because like yeah, her close friend here just you know it, was killed, and sure, um, yeah, so that's fine. Uh, so they're packing to leave, and they're ambushed ambushed by the bad cops. So um, that was that was pretty fast. Uh, none of yeah. them are wearing bulletproof vests. Did you catch any of that?
1: <laughs> yeah, but this is also like this is pre heavy SWAT era L A. Good point. Yeah, of, yeah. This is before like that big armored heist with the um, armor, with people walking around with you know. Heavy automatic weapons. This is before helicopter chases were always on the news with high speed chases in LA. So this is kinda of back, man. This is back before a lot of stuff. I
0: guess you're right, because I was like no tactical armor, not even like just a bulletproof.
1: Yeah, see it's just not a lot of peace. Yeah, it's just
0: you know, from you know, we're you know, it's the modern times, you know, it's really hard to go back and like knowing what <laughs> we know now and just like what's going on here? You you're gonna go ambush this guy and not have any type of protection?
1: When you think about '90s and you think about that being a more modern time, but when you look at something like this, is almost like a time capsule because mm-hmm. this is like right before all that stuff started happening. Before body armor was everywhere and people had mobile communications and computers were everywhere, this is like before any of that. So it's kind of it's really a nice time capsule into that era.
0: Yeah. Yeah it it's it's nostalgic that's why i like doing this show because of the movies that we go back and watch with like fresh eyes it's it's really fun um but they escape alive so good uh now this this scene i had a problem with they they stop in front of uh these these his, hispanic guys who are having car oh, problems or something and then yes. they, they do the old car swap um my thing was that uh, if i were those these 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 guys these chulos cholos you know i would have been like uh why are you why do you want to swap cars is something wrong with your car will i will i get be will i get pulled over by a cop for driving your car it was just they too- say that
1: they address that though did they yeah the guy's like you know he's like how hot is it and steven is like smoking oh okay see
0: this that's i didn't that's catch that's what they meant by that yeah, yeah. i didn't catch the slang I didn't. Um, <laughs> God, see, freaking nineties, man. <laughs> I, I, I obviously know that slang of "hot," but when when he said it, that flew over my head. You yeah. know, I, I thought he really meant like you know, like "sweet ride." You know, like, oh, hey, how hot is that? You know, I, I really didn't see. That's the problem with these <laughs> slangs, man. Like, like, like nowadays, I feel they work a little bit better. You'd be like that, you know. And and maybe it was like his facial expression; it didn't look like. You know the car hot. You know what I mean. It was kind of like how hot right, is right. it? You know. So that's it. it was it was sure. that guy's delivery? It just made me. Yeah, I didn't even see it that way. Okay, I got you. Sure, All right, sure. that makes sense. But they're, they're still way too trusting. I would have been like, give me some money on top of that. <laughs> give me. Yeah, and it's real.
1: And it's real racist, like just random Hispanic youth. Youths, the youths as um, <laughs> Utes, um yeah the youths they just want the, like a the stolen what, vehicle. The what? <laughs> right. Youths. <laughs> and I'm like, this, okay, so just random Hispanic guys wearing plaid just want to be criminals. Why can't they just be, you know, participating in the culture and the fashion of the time and have a broken down vehicle? Why do they have to automatically be criminals?
0: Yeah, I and I get, you know, they don't show us him just stealing a car because then, yeah, it would be reported. So if they at least yeah, swap sure. a car I I kind of get that.
1: Sure, it makes sense. It it works as yeah. a plot device. So they go It's racist, but it, it, is, <laughs> it is. It is also 1990. <laughs> yes, yes, um, yes, 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 yes.
0: Uh so they go to the old uh Storms house where you know they used to live and um he goes to retrieve the camera. So I I do remember the scene. Uh, again, I rem- remember all the scenes, but I just thought it was funny how this house is being renovated and then um andy takes this woman who's there who I, I think she's you know the the owner um and she's pregnant too and there you know there's contractors sure. you know working on the house and so she takes uh, the woman to like to look around the house and then uh storm goes into where the fridge used to be and just b- breaks open the wall and like steals this camera it there's contractors there when they have noticed and be like dude what are you doing <laughs> you know you're Putting a hole in the wall, and then he just tucks this big ass video camera into uh, <laughs> under his jacket <laughs> and walks out with it. Um, but to be fair, he is a cop, so he's probably never shoplifted. I
1: don't know. It's it just, I just thought it was really funny. Um, yeah, he's like, Yeah, I hate to tell you, but your contractors are horrible, right? <laughs> and yeah, what you just broke, you just tore up this woman's house. What are you and, doing?
0: And the woman, she she's actually, you know, doing uh, acting pretty good because like she, she even like follows them outside, but I felt like. Like she just the scene ends with her just staring at them walking off. Like I felt like she should have like, you know, like I need to call 911 or, you know, it was just kind of like like you should have done something just instead of just stand there, you know, staring at these uh, strangers walking off. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I thought it was a good scene. Um, Mason makes a call to uh uh Mrs. O'Malley and um, gives instructions to to Kevin um on where to meet later on but the the bad sure. guys they're outside and listening to recordings um and then we see uh you know kevin and sunny they're they're leaving his mom's house i was i didn't remember what was going to happen but i thought they were going to kill off the mom like they were going to go and kill her um but it, you know it was like towards yeah. the end too so i'm I'm glad they didn't do that it's just been it would have been like why come on it's just too much uh sure Mason and Andy, they go to the hotel where... So what was this whole thing with the hotel? This is the part that was kind of clear to me because they, they called the hotel to leave a um, message for Kevin and it gets intercepted by the bad guys, obviously. Um, sure. But what was the setup for the hotel? What was the purpose um, of The that?
1: setup was to... They were going to... He was going to... Kevin was going to leave the... um Kevin O'Malley. Mm-hmm. He's going to leave messages under this i um, fake name. Right. And it was going to work for the hotel to be the I guess the intermediary because they were going to act like she's taking messages because she's going to come and check in later. Mm-hmm. Kelly LeBrock's character saying it was going to be this woman and come in and, and check check into the hotel. So,
0: OK, because I, I thought it was weird because I know they're supposed to meet at the Union Station, you know, at the train station. So yeah. I was just like, so why, why did they have, and I don't know, I guess it's just another thing where, it, so I, I mean, I totally understand that, that makes a lot of sense, and I just feel like it's just another way to get, add another big action scene,
1: you know? Sure, sure, and I guess she had to go in and get them physically to act like she was checking in because they wouldn't have given them to her on the phone because she wasn't a guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, but but it but it's exactly what you said. It's a plot device to get us into a place <laughs> for sh- another scene. Yeah,
0: shoot him up and then also steal a Ferrari, was it? He stole a Ferrari? It was a Corvette. Corvette. Okay. My uncle had that Corvette oh, nice. in in
1: the 90s. Yeah, yeah. It is funny yeah, cuz my uncle in California, yeah.
0: Lo- looking at it now, it's like that car doesn't look as, you know, as sexy <laughs> as they do now. Uh, but that was
1: a huge deal when my uncle bought that that car. Oh, I on, bet on a, on a navy salary. Yeah, <laughs> you know,
0: you know what's funny is Phoenix actually likes American cars, um, and he he really likes like you know the Mustangs and the Chargers and the Corvettes. And I'm more of like you know. Honda Accord or Infinity <laughs> yeah, Ac- Acura, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. But uh, we were we were in the car deal. I picked him up from school, and we were you know driving home, and we were behind this. I want to say like a ninety four ninety five Corvette, you know, where it's kind of the, the the front end's kind of like sharp. You know, it's like sure, yeah, yeah. It was kind of pointy and sharp, and 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 he looked at the back, and he was like, "That's." That's a Corvette. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, from the 90s. <laughs> and so he's just used to, like, the, the big bodies now, you know. Um, I, I do like him a lot better now, uh, all the American cars. But, yeah. Sure. I, I, I just thought it was, like, the funniest thing. Like, <laughs> well, that's right. You were born in 2000. <laughs> um, oh, goodness. Yeah. Yes. Um, O'Malley and Sonny, they're at the Union Station. And then, like, um, a couple of the, the the bad cops, they're there. And it's funny, too, and this this was a funny line. One of the bad guys, I forgot his name, but he was the one that first Eves dropped on the phone call earlier on in the movie. He, sure. lo- he looks at Sonny and he's like, yeah, that's
1: uh, I remember that ugly face somewhere <laughs> you know and I'm just like, what, <laughs> what an impolite <laughs> thing to say about a kid." Right, you just well, I mean, you are going to murder him, so I guess right. you wouldn't want to be too polite to him.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. And and, and this <laughs> this is well, this is just one of those other scenes that, like, I, I you know the, the whole thing with the son, and then like uh, Kevin um, being. Do we want to say that? Is it safe to assume that he was probably like a surrogate father this whole time? Oh, right, for seven years. So so definitely. so not only the relationship with Mason and and Sonny early on. That got to me, everything that was surrounding that. And now Sonny having to witness yet another father figure of his being murdered in front of him again. This kid's just going to be traumatized. And this hits really close to home, and this is what I was kind of uh, foreshadowing earlier, that this was going to be a bit of a Debbie Downer. But um, the reason why, like me and Phoenix, why we have such this type of relationship. But back in 2008, his mom abducted him from me on uh, when she was supposed to be visiting town. So she came from out of town, and it was his eighth birthday. I have full custody. And um, mm-hmm. she, she uh, you know, at, uh, on a night when she was supposed to have them, they just up and disappeared. And so, oh, wow. uh, yeah, I spent four months um, with the uh, National Center for Missing and Exploded Children and, you know, I, I was on the phone with them a lot to be able to say that like that, because that's a, sure. a long-ass yeah. word uh, or organization. But uh, I had a detective working on the case. Long story short, we finally got them back. They they were living in Canada. Um, but we had we have missing posters, like, all, all around the West Coast. Uh, I have friends that will still see his posters some, some places, and they have the word recovered on his posters. So, so some oh, of those are oh. still out. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. So if... Um, and I'm I'm pretty open about this now. It's been so long, um, you know, and and I feel like my story needs to kind of be out for to help other people too, you know. To don't, Definitely, don't give up trying, um, you know. And yeah, his mom got char- charged with a felony. Unfortunately, she only spent a few months in jail. Uh, so that's what I have to deal with, with with his mom, and that's why I started this podcast. Like, look, Phoenix, I, I will you know I, I um I have this newborn son, but for you, I want to show you that I will still be a father to you and still do things uh, with you so you don't feel left out having this newborn in the house too, because you know how that awesome. is with siblings you know yeah I mean? i'm
1: I'm an older brother I know my yeah. dad went above and beyond when my sister was born, so mm-hmm. I can only imagine in your situation how you felt about trying to make sure. That that relationship and that connection stays where it needs to be and exactly. grows the way you want it to be. So wow, that's powerful. So
0: and and that's why yeah, this the show like I I don't care that it's not going to be in the top ten, top hundred, top one thousand podcast. It's 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 what's behind it that I I me and Phoenix we we grew up. He's growing up. I've always watched movies with him. You know we, you know I watched all the kids' movies with him, and that's just it was just a thing we did. So sure. so now it's even more of a reason. Let's, let's watch these movies and let's talk about it. And he enjoys doing it too. And that's why like it's unfortunate and it kind of it, it you know it, it hurts me when when I have to ground him and he doesn't get on because this is his show too. But I feel like well it, I, I need to continue it too because it is his show. And if we don't, then it, it just kind of be like for for nothing. You know what I mean. Sure, so, sure, so, sure. But. So, so this this whole thing with like w- with Sunny, it, it just kept on like oh, it just kept on breaking me. Like this kid seeing both of his dads, like being killed. Like for seven years, he thought his biological father died, and now to witness this surrogate father of seven years shot in front of him. Oh God, it it killed me, man. I was a wreck. <laughs> so, oh, definitely. I don't know definitely. how you felt uh, about this. Uh,
1: no, I, that stuff it has to touch you if you have any, you know, kind of care in your heart or anything it has to touch you because like I was when they were walking out of uh, of O'Malley's mom's house and headed to the station like watching this again that just started like hurting me I'm like oh no they're making plans they're going to go fishing they're going to do this that and the other he's reminiscent about his dad and I'm like oh this is going to suck so much for this kid it does like it's going it's to be like you said earlier bittersweet you know it's it's he's going to get one dad back fantastic but he's going to lose this other one right
0: yeah oh god terrible man it it's it's yeah it's good and bad it's just like oh i don't know yeah i'm just lost for words um let me see so sunny runs off and uh this is a long chase through the city and uh uh the native american cop what's his name again do you know his name
1: um um he's got a complex he's got a really long name he does i I recognize his
0: face i just i just feel bad because i didn't know he was native american i thought he was like samoan or something uh, but he's I a he's a it. really big guy too. That that's the only reason I thought.
1: Branscombe Richmond. Okay. If I'm
0: that yeah. that actually does sound Native American. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. The, yeah. The Samoan and uh, the like Polynesian. You you can tell uh, those because they're probably like a bunch of K's and I's and they're like 20 letters long. <laughs> but um, the, for no. Yeah. He's,
1: uh, yeah. yeah. He's six three, so he's he's a pretty yeah, tall dude.
0: He is. I just found it funny because like during this chase. For no reason, he just hit some random guy because he was in the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, you're a cop. Like, I know you are a dirty cop, but at least betray- I mean, at least look like you're a good cop chasing after like uh, like a-, a kid who's up to no good. You know something. Like you
1: went out of your way <laughs> to punch that person. You you could have just pushed him out of the way, but no, you had to deck him. Yeah, he cocked that <laughs> arm back and just. Yeah, I, 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 I
0: just laughed. I was just like, he just hit some guy. That was pretty funny. That was
1: gratuitous violence. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um and then let's see, so Sonny no not Sonny, but uh Mason finally catches up uh this chase here and then he fights the uh this uh, Native American cop and they do the whole thing that uh you know from earlier where he you know, he kinda of bends his his uh hand. I don't know how to explain uh, this 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 gesture, you know. But, uh, he recreates the you know when they fought earlier, and he's like, Oh, you know, I remember you. It' was like, didn't you guys work in the same department? <laughs> well, I mean, right. but like, but he yeah. remembers him as being like one of the masked men, I sure, I get that, and then I was like, so did they just have the same like fighting styles, and he re- repeats like the same movements, I don't know, um <laughs> yeah, it's fine it's, did did you have something that you were gonna add to that
1: um it I don't know it was it was this is the one thing that bugged me because i wish i hadn't read this but i paid attention to it he's wearing the same outfit as the night he got shot (laughs) that's funny the vest and everything he's wearing the exact same outfit from quote unquote seven years ago which was hilarious i
0: didn't catch that that is funny i need to go back and look at that
1: like yeah yeah it's hilarious
0: yeah um so Sonny goes off with Andy, uh, and then you know she's gonna fill him in on what's been going on. I I didn't like the smirk on her face because she's like, "It's a long story," but like, not really. It might be short for Mason, uh, for Mason, but like, it's long for you because you've been caring for the guy for seven years. So like,
1: what is what else is there to say? Um, Which was really weird because he didn't say her name. He didn't introduce them. I mean, like, you can in in ten seconds you can say Son. This is this is Andy. You can trust her. Andy, take care of my son. I gotta go finish this.
0: Exactly, and that's why I was like, "What what the hell is her name?" Because like they never say it.
1: They never say her name. She says her name on that one phone call, but that's it.
0: I, I need to go back and listen to just just to verify. It's it's really weird. <laughs> um, you, you know what's funny is if like if they wrote this and she was never in it, and they like kind. <laughs> you know and like on the whim they just threw her in right because she has no name so there's like no dialogue and she has to wing everything you know like that'd be funny
1: like they pitched the whole movie and the studio was happy with what they had written and they had a, like a copy. But they were like, you know what? We need star power. We need something to really sell this movie. I know Kelly LeBrock. Exactly. We can put her in the film. Yeah, let's,
0: <laughs> let's hook her up with Steven Seagal. And then we'll just kind of wing her lines because, you know, she has no great lines. And again, we even mentioned earlier that a lot of her scenes sounds like she's just going through the emotion. You know, so that that would make yeah. sense. Uh, that's that's funny. So uh, Mason gets to uh, Senator Trent's mansion, and this is where he's in the hot tub with the girl, and that's that's your brief uh, nudity scene there. And then uh, yes. um, the the bad guy, the bad cops, they're playing pool, I guess. So this is where they hang out <laughs> during break or something, because are they not on duty? I'm not sure. But... Why is
1: a senator still dealing with local cops? Right, from seven years ago, and they're on his staff, but they're still cops. And they hang out at his house and Okay. Yeah, okay, move. okay Exactly. Move. <laughs> um
0: and uh so let me see, we so they're so they're they're downstairs and then uh Detective Goodhart, again Hank from Breaking Bad, he goes into the bathroom and there's uh something written on the toilet seat. Anticipation of death is worse than death itself. Uh, when the hell did he get time to write that and how did he know somebody would see that um, and what did he write it with is that <laughs> lipstick what is that i, I, I think it, it was toothpaste? lipstick uh, okay okay um, yeah because it was like it was like red or pink or something um so i i guess uh senator trent has lipstick handy uh in the in the bathroom <laughs> um let me see uh, and I, I guess we kind of i i didn't write it down because there was a the fight scene he he takes on the co- uh Takes down the cops that were playing pool, and I kind of like that too, because he was just like, it, it's been a running thing in this movie where it, anytime he encounters somebody that he's gonna fight, he's always like, "Oh, this this isn't fair, is it? Let, let me put down my weapon, okay? How is this? Now there's three of you and there's one of me. I got no weapon. How is that? Let me put down the sword. You know, it, it's it's this. I, I I love it because I feel like, I I, don't, I can't remember a lot of his other movies, but is that a thing that he does in other movies too? Or is it just this one? He
1: he taunts he taunts people. That's what okay. I'm saying. He 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 talks trash. He, so I like he might it. Might not completely disarm it, but no, it's cool. That's it's a Steven Seagal thing, you know. He's hey, come on, guy, you big tough guy. Yeah, he, I, he likes <laughs> to say that kind of thing. You're like big tough guy, come okay. on, big tough guy.
0: <laughs> I I like it. I see. I was never a huge fan of his, I and mean, just for no particular reason, I just preferred Van Damme. I mean, and Van Damme put out more movies, you know, and they were probably bigger successes. But I I need to go watching. Watch some of these older stuff, you know, like Mark for Death or Under Siege, and because I I like his trash talk, it's it's hilarious. Um, Under
1: Siege is as amazing. R- rewatch that; that's a good film. It's it's still silly, but it's good. Do you remember? It's if, really good. If, if the sequel was any good,
0: I, I don't remember. The, the sequel,
1: sequel, the sequel is hilarious. Okay, they start him. Morris <laughs> Chestnut. He's got a niece for some unknown reason, and they're on a train. Okay, so. I think I remember
0: That's, the train one more. But, yeah, I, I need to go back and watch some more Steven Seagal.
1: If you watch the sequel, it's hilarious because you're, we're just now grasping internet technology. Ah. Uh, so you hear a lot of internet. You hear a lot of hacker talk, a lot of hacker gibberish. Okay. That makes no sense now. Um, Let's
0: see. Uh, Goodhart he encounters Mason. And I like him because all he does is just pimp slaps him. Just psh, <laughs> slaps right <laughs> across the face. Um. <laughs> And then, let me see, then he looks for, for Vernon, and he's taunting him, too. I forgot the things that he's yelling, about, but basically, he they're, they're like playing hide-and-seek, right? And um, yes. Mason's walking around with the gun up, you know, and he's just like, come out wherever you are, you know, that kind of thing.
2: Vernon! Oh, Vernon! Maybe you're under the bed. No,
1: not under the bed. Uh, and I thought that was really funny. It's and, a real Elmo Fudd Bugs Bunny situation. It is. That's a good way
0: to put it. Um, and then we see uh, Vernon. He's hiding in the closet. And then he he comes out. And then, like, um, I don't... What, what do you call this this shotgun? It's like a short-barreled shotgun, right?
1: It's a, it's a sawed-off double-barreled shotgun. Okay. Because he's got barrel everything shaved off, shut. Saw it off Excuse okay me. Yeah.
0: and and then uh, he shoves this well he, he shoots up into the air basically to scare Vernon, right, and, and then he uh, shoves the the, the the shotgun into vernon 's mouth, and I'm just like, okay, th- this is where like I have to kind of lack of a better phrasing of it is draw the line because that muzzle is
1: going to be freaking hot, that is going to be burning burning Vernon's mouth. Not only that, if you shove a double-barrel shotgun in a man's mouth, he should not have any teeth. Yeah. All of his teeth should be knocked out. Cause he's not going to open his mouth for that to happen. He's not going to expect it to get shoved all the way in his mouth like you're that. You're right, and I didn't think
0: about like how big the, the the barrels are. It's two barrels, you know. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But, but you know, they they kind of they draw some lipstick on him. You know, the, <laughs> yes, the, they the, do. the the prop department. You know, they they can you know put blood on, so they drew lipstick on him to make it look like it's
1: you know his lips are bleeding. That was terrible. Um, or maybe that's a burn reaction to the heat from the barrel maybe. I suppose yeah <laughs> uh, either way it looks really
0: bad exactly um, and then I, I like this scene because um, he, he aims the gun in, bet- in between the legs and then he shoots you know we, we obviously assumed that he was going to shoot him you know in, in the junk and then he goes
2: I missed I never miss they must have been smaller than I thought
0: and I was like, "Oh God, I re- I forgot that line again." I remember all these scenes. <laughs> I just forgot the details and the dialogue. But that was great. And even as a kid, whatever, whether I was you know between seven and ten, somewhere in there, I I knew exactly what he was talking about. I was like, "He's talking about the man's small penis." <laughs> <laughs> so I got that as a kid, and I just thought that that's funny. So that that still worked for me. Uh, I got yes, a, I had a le- sure. legit chuckle at, uh, of that. Uh, and then a bunch of cops come in to save the day. And, um, and you know, the, uh, Andy and Sonny, they're there too. So that's, you know, she probably went to go get the cops. I'm not sure, but she, it, cause the last time we saw them, she was probably filling Sonny in on what's been going on. But then the cops, they, you know, get the tape from O'Malley earlier and they all end up there simultaneously at the same time. That's sure. Sure. <laughs> exactly. But, but my, my issue was, so so we see uh, Mason holding Vernon hostage, right? Because now all these cops come come in, and Mason doesn't know what's going on. And Vernon's like, arrest him. You know, he's blah, 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 just running his mouth. And then, like, the cop takes, like, 10 minutes to, like, to, to say, Mason, you, you, we know you're a good cop. We got the tape from O'Malley. Like, shouldn't you have said that before you told him to put down the weapon? Because he's like, exactly. put down the gun, put down the gun, put down the gun. We heard the tape. Like you should have just said that. You know, it but but that's I, fine.
1: They're, they're trying to create tension and all this kind of stuff. I find it like you you're talking about, you know, having stuff mixed up from when you first saw it as a kid. I always thought this scene occurred in the train station. I
0: really? didn't
1: realize it took place in his house. Oh, I don't right. ask me why. Don't ask me why. <laughs> Cuz I was going to no say sense. he's wearing a robe. <laughs>
2: yeah, don't ask me. Okay. why. I have okay. no clue, but Yeah, that's know, I, it's I,
1: it, it, it's crazy how how time and memory plays tricks on you. It's it's crazy. You're right. Um, did you ever
0: see that movie Final Cut by No One Hour? Wait, no Final Cut by uh, uh, Robin Williams with Robin Final Williams. Final Cut. It, it's um, I I kind of forget. Uh, I, I've only seen it the one time, so I might be misremembering a thing, but. Uh, there's a thing where when somebody dies they take like a chip or something that was implanted in them that have like memories and then he kind of he cuts up these memories into like a trailer you know that they can play for the, the you know at, at, the, at the funeral for people right something like that and um there's this, there's this thing where pe- like some people they don't agree with that because like it could it could be bad people that you're trying to portray as actual good people you know by making these like little trailers and, um, there was, I've not
1: seen that, huh? Interesting. Yeah. It,
0: it's a really interesting movie. Um, and again, I only, I only saw it once and I remember thought I was like, Hey, this is pretty good. It's really different. And I remember there was one funeral that he was at where, you know, he chopped up these memories and then like this lady came to, came to him and she goes, are you sure that that boat was that color? Cause I thought I remembered it differently. And then I was like, wow, that's a neat, um, detail that they added that like some people they remember things a little bit differently mm-hmm. you know so yeah yeah check that out and uh let me know sure I, I, uh if, if i see it on netflix maybe i'll check it out too to see if it's if i still think it's good because you know it's one of those things where you watch a movie like just the one time you don't really process it it's like no i remembered it being good and you go back and like yeah maybe it wasn't but i i thought the ideas were were pretty interesting and uh if i'm not mistaken it was written and directed by the same person uh and i usually like movies like that because you, you know you don't have a writer and then you have a director with a different vision you know sure, so yeah so sure. sometimes i i like it when the writer is also the the, the director but that don't always work but i i i, I do appreciate that um, exactly okay so let me see cops save the day um and they, yeah, they say, oh, they saw the film, is what they did. They didn't hear the tape. They saw the footage, is what they saw. Oh, so Andy and Sonny probably took the videotape to the cops. Okay, I got it. So, uh, you know, Andy and Sonny, they they come to Mason. They have a great uh, group, big group hug. And she tells them, I love you, Storm. Oh,
1: goodness. That is so creepy. That does not work. he
0: He probably, like, why? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, I don't well, know. we
1: know what you love, sweetie. Yes. We know what you love, sure. and it's not—it's not his heart. That I—I I don't think the audience needed that line. The, 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 no, the audience—we did, didn't need that at all. She could have said, "Oh, Mason," that would have been It'd bad been too. But it would have been bad. But
0: it, but I love you exactly. Like there's uh, there's nothing that's happened that justifies your love for this man. But you're right. It, it could have just ended with that group hug. But uh, you know, we see them leave the house. There's like a bunch of you know news camera men in vans outside, and we see the footage playing on TV, uh, or at least the news, and then they show the footage, and um, you know it shows uh, uh, what's his face. Um, yeah, his face, literally uh, Vernon. Okay, now here's the weird thing. That was on the video camera, right? So uh-huh. so Mason just never went back and watched the camera cuz i don't, i don't know if if his video camera was the type that you can play back and look through the viewfinder yeah it it that's almost a I plot mean, point it, right
1: Yeah, it, he he never looked back at it i know um my dad had an old camera when I was a kid, and the only way you could look at the cassette tapes from it was to play it in a special projector. Mm. And that's what reminded me of his camera, because it looks like there was a lot of that kind of specialized technology they were coming out with for, for video where it only worked within this system. So for this okay. studio to be able to transfer it, I mean, it makes sense. But for him to be able to play it back, not be able to play it back from that camera, that that seems plausible to me.
0: Okay, that that makes a lot of sense because uh, as as um as far as far back as I remember, you've always been able to play back uh, tape, you know, like through the viewfinder. You know, obviously it'd be like a small hole to look through. Um, but I mean, yeah, I I, I totally get that. Yeah, the, the the previous technologies wouldn't have allowed that. So okay, we'll, we'll go. And that, with that. was.
1: And he had the camera in 83, and I think You're that right. my dad got that machine, because I was born in 79, I don't know what I'm saying. I was born in 79, so that dad, my dad bought that camera in that era, mm-hmm. and there was no sound on the camera either. You just had to look at it. It was almost like right. an over-glorified um, slideshow. Yes. But I mean, of course, it was moving. You had to look at it in the box, so yeah. Right, You yeah. know, one little machine, so yeah, that made sense to me. The
0: earliest memory I have is, um, you know, the small screen, you play back, no audio, and it's like blue and white images, Oh wow. Instead of instead of black and white, it was more like blue and white. Am, oh wow. Am, am, am what was what,
1: what camera was that? Um Oh. There were some kid cameras like that. I do remember. Oh, yeah. And you could record and you could record on audio cassettes, but it was video. What? Oh, and okay. It had no sound. It had no sound. Oh, I don't remember.
0: I mean, the, the the um the the movie opens up the year I was born, so like all that technology, I, it was, you know, um I I I yeah, So we're not that
1: this. far. We're not that far apart. Yeah. Was, so,
0: yeah. Uh. And let's see. Yeah. So yeah. That's basically it. We we saw the, the the footage on the news, and um, that's the end of the movie. But I want to uh, f- end the review of the movie with the question: What happens to Mason Storm after this? Because he's been avenging his family, so he's been killing some guys. Does he not get <laughs> reprimanded i mean is is he reinstated now that he actually is officially alive i mean what do you think Cause happens
1: cuz he he blatantly murdered yes. um the native american actor in front of a huge crowd of people it mm-hmm. doesn't matter if he kidnapped your child you blatantly murdered him you yeah. had him defeated and everything and then you murder him
0: uh. and the the guys the uh the guys that were playing pool uh, the, those bad cops he stabbed one of them with a pool stick um, he
1: might he might be able to get away with that maybe i don't know but i mean he's still doing vigilante stuff yeah I, I guess you could play it all off as insanity he came out of a coma and yes
0: you're right exactly this takes me back to uh, a time to kill with samuel jackson spoiler yes that's a little spoiler yes, there but
1: a little spoiler there yeah, but yeah uh, i guess you play it as a as a as a rage of insanity because this all happens within like like, 12 to 14 hours, I guess we could say, because the sun is up when they're yes. shooting up the house, and then we get all the way into the night, so... Okay. I guess he gets off with an insanity plea, plus extenuating circumstances that he was, you know, accused of something he didn't do, and he was in a coma for seven years. Yeah. I mean, he could probably okay. beat that Right? I like he that. He probably won't let him be a cop anymore, but he probably doesn't want to be at this point. Probably
0: not. He's got his son back, he's got this new, you know, girlfriend that loves him, and um and, she, she and might, her
1: potential she, sugar daddy as a, right. as an income stream <laughs> yeah he,
0: he'll be coming back from china soon so you know well that'll be interesting to see what happens after that but yeah we'll, we'll go ahead and give their uh the the rating um you know we uh me and phoenix we recap uh, after the review and kind of talk about the things that we liked and uh out of five stars you could break it down uh, by quarters if you like uh i'll go ahead and go first um yeah, this movie, I, I still found fun and enjoyable uh, watching it. I, again, I, I've mentioned how all these scenes, like none of them were new to me. Uh, maybe that t- hot tub scene, I mean, it was really brief, but I, I basically remembered all the, a lot of the scenes. I just forgot the details and the dialogue. And so watching it again, I, yeah, I just... I had a good time watching it. Um, would I buy this and own it? I, you know, I might. If uh, I can see this, like... At Best Buy on Blu-ray for like seven ninety-nine, sure. I'd buy it. I I think it, it it's it's worth an own. Uh, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, I don't have Steven Seagal classics because he wasn't my action hero. It was more it was more of Arnold and Van Damme. Those were my two guys, and then Sylvester sure. would come in at third. You know, um, and I think you know that probably says a lot. Just like what type of action movies I was into. You know, so. But anyway, but yeah, for this review, I it, it definitely brought some nostalgia. It it tug at my heartstrings a you know a, a, a bit, just the whole thing with the sun. And I, I kind of wish that they played that up a little bit more. But I mean, it, it was effective for me, you know. But um, sure, you sure. know, the, the the bringing him at the end that was great. I wish maybe they could have done more with the sun. Like you brought him back, y- yeah. You don't want to bring him into danger, but you know maybe they could have done a little bit more. I don't know. Um, if this movie was You know, I wouldn't oppose be opposed to a remake. You know, if you had the right guy, you know, like a Jason Statham, you know, who probably already does movies just like this. Um, Oh, definitely, definitely. Just better, better writing. You take the concept. I mean, you know, to be honest, there's probably been a lot of remakes already. We just don't know it. They're just called something else, obviously. And you know, you got different action stars, but it's it's almost a cookie cutter story. But um, I think I enjoyed it so much. I'd like to see someone just make the writing better, you know, uh, because I did enjoy it, Um, and I don't know, I guess I haven't really thought about my my score, uh, really, but on the fly, I think I'm going to give it... I'm gonna give it a solid four stars, uh, despite like you know some of the uh, really questionable dialogues and Andy's <laughs> character. I really disliked her character, but um, I think initially, right after the viewing the other day, I was I was leaning on three and a half. But then reviewing it with you and bringing some of your insights, I think you raised it up to a four stars for me.
1: Oh wow! Oh wow! <clears throat> I would have to say that. Um i just enjoyed it like you were saying it it, it was a bit of a nostalgia I, i called it a time capsule a bit you know if you if you troll through netflix's action category you'll find films like this all over the place jason statham actually has done quite a few films maybe not exactly like this but on that same vibe right the same kind of feeling so that's pretty cool um Again, it's got some issues, but I mean, this was not a, 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 a huge thing. Uh, I always liked Seagal. Seagal was that guy that I would cringe when I would see him break a bone, but I always liked it. But again, I was I was still actively doing martial arts during this time, so I guess maybe that's why I kind of connected with it. But I also connected with Van Damme and Arnold, I like more of his fantasy, fantasy stuff, his Conan stuff, more so than his gunfight stuff. Um, but I still enjoyed it, but you know, I put the fantasy stuff, but that's just kind of where my head is at when it comes to, um, this kind of action type deal. Um, if I was going to give it a review, I, I agree with you. I was thinking about it. I want to say five, but it doesn't deserve a five just for nostalgia's sake. but I give it a four mm-hmm. solidly. I think this is a definite thing that, um, I actually do own this. I just don't have the DVD with me. It's, uh-huh. um, it's at my sister's house in Texas. But I actually own this on DVD. It's I own a lot of Van, Van Damme on DVD and um, Roadhouse, stuff like that. I have all that stuff on DVD. I get out of the bargain bin, like you say. Mm-hmm. And if you've never seen this film, I definitely recommend it. It's something you you need to see it just for nostalgia's sake. And if you, un, if you don't get any of the Steven Seagal jokes that people make from time to time, if you watch this one film, you'll understand everything that we're talking about when we make those jokes.
0: Uh yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, and uh, again, I'm not too familiar with him. I've seen some of his movies, but I just didn't know his thing about the trash talking. You know, I just loved it. It's, it was so good and you know the lines aren't that great, but it just it just works, you know. And um yeah, I I think I'm excited to like maybe uh watch this again, you know, in, in the near future, you know. Um it it just may not make it into my rotation, but it's something I definitely want to own. And then like one off day, be like, you know what, I haven't seen this one in a while, and definitely check it out. But yeah, I just I forgot how good it was, and uh, that's why I love reviewing these older movies because like you know some some of them I don't appreciate what, you know uh, appreciate them for what they were when I was younger, you know. Sure. And now sure. being a grown up, you understand things a little bit more, and it's just like wow, this this movie was actually pretty good, and so so I really enjoyed it. Uh, wow, man. It was good. It was really good. It It was good. Yeah, just take just take Andy out, replace her with somebody else or something. (laughs)
1: She was, she was the only issue that is so hilarious the, you, your problem with andy is, is cracking me up so much that is, i'm so entertained by that like i don't have the issue with it but i can't argue anything you're saying so that's what makes it funny <laughs> i get what you're saying i get it i get it
0: yeah i uh i'm gonna be very interested i'm gonna be really nitpicky with her when i review uh weird signs. that's gonna be one in the near future for sure um I got uh shout out to Carly uh Carly Beaumont she uh, from the uh, uh that pop this life she's she's going to come on for that one eventually but um Okay. Yeah, I am going to be nitpicky with her her uh acting or maybe lack thereof. We'll we'll see, you know, on Weird Science. So that'd be very
1: interesting. I think you're going to like her better in Weird Science than this film. Weird Science is her type of Right. role. Yeah, definitely not the uh the action starlet um, it's a baby food roll And this was kind of at least baked chicken And she wasn't able to chew it <laughs>
0: I like that Okay, uh, I, I, you know, thank you for coming on the show um, I Thank had, you for having me Thank you Yeah, I had a lot of fun um, uh, Again, how can listeners uh, find your show?
1: Um, you can check us out um, on iTunes Again, we're the Liquor Run Podcast We're on iTunes and Stitcher um, We also maintain a Facebook page um, The Liquor Run and if you can't find us there, you can find me on Twitter at the real JLC three. That's um three eyes, you know, because I'm the third. So, the real JLC three um, on Twitter. But yeah, definitely check us out and um leave us some feedback or whatever, and let us know how we can you know entertain you more.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely check them out on iTunes, uh, Stitcher. Right, you guys are also on Stitcher. Uh, sure. Subscribe to the show. I, I think um, that your the liquor run. It's at the liquor run on Twitter, right?
1: It's at the liquor run at Twitter. Yes, yeah. yes, yes,
0: definitely. Yeah. So, 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 check them out there. Yeah, subscribe to the show, uh, give them a listen, rate and review. Uh, for Hydrate Level Four, obviously, you can find us on Facebook. Please like the page so that way you can get the updates of you know uh, who will be coming on or what uh, movies we'll be reviewing. Because I do give uh, people a heads up once we decide what will be the next episode. Uh, but I also Time to time, I share uh, uh, fun videos that I find on Facebook. You know that other people share that uh, relate to movies from the eighties and nineties that are worth watching. Um, I I like to think I'm pretty active on there. I post almost um, something a a day. I I like I like to think whether it's you know fan art or whatever. So yeah, uh, like the page that that at least tells me that you know people are listening. Because um, I don't think anybody just searches for Hydrate Level Four, right? I, I'd imagine that you know you heard it on the show to be able to like uh, you know to search for for the p- Facebook page, but on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, Instagram and Twitter, uh, it's at HLF Podcasts. Uh, on the Instagram, you know, again, I post uh, a bunch of fan art, uh, usually related to Back to the Future or maybe some of the movies that we've done. Um, I also post like collages of the movie that we release or the episode we release. Um, so find us on there, um, and email uh, you know if you want to at hlfpodcast@gmail.com at gmail dot com if you want to write in about a movie that we're going to review or even the ones that we have reviewed. Um, you know I, I appreciate any kind of feedback. You know, so. Uh, but that's that's pretty much it, uh, uh, John. I'll get with you uh, after the review, and we'll decide what song to play for the listeners here. But until the next episode, I'm Peter, and this is Hydrate Level Four.
1: I'll probably try to give it a shot sometime in the future. Yeah, Because I, mean, I, I had to binge Game of Thrones to do the podcast for this season, and I fell in love with it.
0: I, I binged that um, between season three and four. So I, I came on that late as well. Um, okay, Breaking break okay. Bad, uh, I don't know if you know, but the, the fifth season, the final season, was broken into two. Uh, basically like a 5A and a 5B and I want to say it was uh, 8 and 8, so a total of 16 episodes for the last season. And so during that break, it was a year. So people had to wait an entire year for the oh. final 8 episodes. And that's when I got onto the show. <laughs> so, okay. So, oh, wow. So I binged the entire 4 and a half seasons, and then I watched the last 8 seasons live. Uh, so I came extremely late as well. Um, was it? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty certain. Um, so i 'm so i 'm not you know, like a long time fan, but I came like an instant fan I came obsessed with the show um, I bought the collector's uh, uh set that came out that came in these barrels which doesn't doesn 't spoil anything because it's just it 's just a barrel but you open sure, open sure. It up halfway and you got all the blu rays in there um you know at the last portland uh wizard world comic con uh, I got a picture with uh one of the um uh, one of the actors from that show and I won't go into that and and don't look for that because it's kinda it, it kinda not s- spoilery but it shows that pose that I do with this actor it kinda reveals an episode basically okay sure so, sure. yeah but and and um I feel bad cuz I did post it in that group page like a while back. So if you saw that you probably wouldn't remember. But anyway, yeah, it uh it's it's such a great show. It's it's such great writing. It's very intricate plotting uh and the in the in the characters, you you love to hate them, you love to love them. It's it's great stuff. It's it, um I have said it before like if you're not watching Breaking Bad, you are robbing yourself of great cinematic history. Like it's that good.
1: I have heard that no less than three times from people. Well, oh, oh, well go. something along that line. Something along those lines. Yeah. So and I uh, I'll I'll eventually have to break down and, and just watch it. Maybe maybe I'll try to watch it on sometime during during June or July. Yeah. I'm gonna have some time. So
0: I definitely want to probably get a shot down.
1: Yeah, I wanna be the one that pushes you in that direction, like boom, I'm the one that did it. <laughs> okay, well let's let's do this. If I watch it, we'll do a show about it.
0: All right, it sounds good. Sounds good.
1: We'll make it into a show.
0: Be, be looking forward
2: to it.